What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 209 of the Effin' Marks podcast. I'm Jay. And I am the brightest one. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, I just... <laughs> typically, like, before the podcast goes, like, I'm usually, like, hyped up and ready to go, and, like, I... And for whatever reason, Jay thought it would be a great idea to post a certain picture as the thing for our Facebook page. We were supposed to go live like five minutes ago, but I can't. <laughs> there are certain things you can't unsee. Oh, man. Uh, you can't unsee oh. certain things. We're we're in the broken, broken, brainless universe here. (laughs) Delete. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. What a fucking great week of wrestling this week. (laughs) I mean, Matt Riddle Riddle has definitely... Actually, two people on Raw this week have skyrocketed in the brainless one's power rankings of top wrestlers in the industry. Matt Riddle is definitely one of them. I, I love the fact that what he said on Monday... We also got Slapjack on Monday. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we got Slapjack on Monday, and we also got (laughs) my hole. (laughs) It took Nia Jax how long? To finally do and say something that entertained us. Oh my god, Nia Jax. Oh, goodness. Goodness gracious me. That's such good shit, pal. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, god. Yep. Um, We also got a a returning Cameron Grimes this week on... uh, on the NXT, which was was really cool. I love the fact that we also got the uh, the final set for the Dusty Rhodes Classic for both the men's and women's tournament this past week. Um, a lot of good wrestling. Uh, Johnny Gargano is, is right now. I'm telling you right now, he's doing his best work. I was thoroughly entertained on Wednesday. I love the whole thing with him and Kushida, and it's just it, it's such good shit, pal. Him in the wheelchair, what was just so good. And not only did we get a returning Cameron Grimes, because that was kind of unexpected because he's been gone for a couple months, but after last week, when they've been hyping for the last few days, the return of the Messiah, uh, Seth, I almost called him Jeff Hardy, Seth Rollins. Yeah. I, I love what they did with him last night. Oh, it was good. Uh, that, like, like, you know, he comes out, they have the ring surrounded yeah. with all these superstars, and slowly but surely, as they hear him talk, yeah. they all leave, except for Cesaro. Yeah. Obviously, we are setting up for Cesaro versus Seth Rollins here. Oh my God, please tell me we get that at WrestleMania. I would, I would be 100% on board if that was on the card for WrestleMania. And <clears throat> Yeah. Um, we, we also got, um, <clears throat> so they announced that Elimination Chamber is going to be the next uh, pay-per-view up. Very interesting way of them actually booking the card this year. Uh, there will be two men's Elimination Chamber matches, and the title's only going to be defended in one of them, which I thought was rather interesting is the best way to put it. Sure. I, I know that you were probably not too happy with uh, the, what happened on SmackDown last night. with the Not, not in the main event, not that. at all. Um, I'm, I'm not surprised. And actually, I, I'm starting to understand it more now. I really am. 
I'm trying to embrace the whole, like, all right, maybe this is a lot dumber. And I, I think me trying to justify them doing stupid shit like that is finally coming to an end. Um, I, I, I really do think, especially after last night, I'm like, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Even though the, the, the one of the guys that was in the main event of the tag team is a GOAT. Right. But, you know, still, it's the principle of it. Um, <clears throat> very interesting. We'll get into that a little bit. And yeah. we got takeover this weekend, takeover tomorrow. Like the, the like the fact that they put it on Valentine's Day, it's like all right, hey. Well, you got to figure it was a safe day because I'm pretty sure a lot of the people who are wrestling fans, us excluded, are typically alone on Valentine's Day. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, a, that's I'm not sorry. nice. That is I'm, not right. nice. I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize. The worst. I am the worst. What do you want from me? Um, but. Uh, Really, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for tomorrow's card. I I mean, we're getting Kushida and, and Johnny Gargano. We're getting the men's Dusty Rhodes Classic ending, which is going to be between the Grizzled Young Vets, who I called was going to win it, versus MSK, formerly known as the Rascals. I'm yeah. excited for that match. Um, we got the women's finals is also going to be tomorrow. We also have... Triple threat for the women's title. Triple threat for the women's title. North American title match. Yeah. yeah. And, so, and, and, three and, title matches and two Dusty Rhodes Classics finals. Yes. So. Yes, yes, yes. I, this is... Jay, I know we've been we've been doing this for a long time, and we've seen quite a few NXT takeovers. They're in the 30s now for NXT takeovers. Yeah. This is the best card they've had for a takeover. It, it's 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 incredible. I I'm excited for all five matches. I really am. And I'm curious to see which route they go for for all of them. I really, I, I'm just I really am excited for the NXT title match. At, at the end of the day, I'm most excited for that. But all the other matches on this card are going to be excellent. I am so looking forward to it, and I'm so happy that I'm off on Monday, so I can actually watch and stay up and not feel like a bag of donkey dicks the next day. Yeah, great. Kind of like how Nia Jax felt on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> And again last night a little bit. <laughs> oh God! Oh I re- God! I really thought that they were gonna they were gonna beat a dead horse with that last night, and I'm kind of glad they just kind of did what they did, and they didn't, because like this is gonna be one of those things. Like they they gave themselves a gift of something so wonderful, and they could go and just absolutely ruin it, which WWE has done so many times. But hey, uh, I mean, Nia Jax got like an opportunity to make money out of this, possibly. Now, whether or not WWE will allow her this opportunity, <laughs> we shall see. If, if they could only get a thing where they could get uh, somebody to, like, sponsor her and Slapjack at the same time, I mean, that would be something. Well, what they have to do is, in the end of the day, management has to figure out and look at the Picture the as whole a picture. Whole. <laughs> you beat me to it, you bastard. <laughs> oh, oh man. <laughs> yes, preparation H does feel good on the uh-huh. whole. <laughs> yes, this is now the, the new greatest prop in the podcast, bro. I love it. Uh, Give me a wall, baby. Just call me Andy Bernard <laughs> or the Nard Dog. Right. I won't get that mad, though. I'm sorry. I will, I will not. Yeah. I don't think I put those dents in there, but it could to surprise me. Uh, so Lloyd is saying uh, TNA has uh, no surrender pay-per-view tonight. Uh, is that the one where uh, uh, they've got some of the AEW guys in it, too? I believe so. Okay. Yeah, unfortunately, Lloyd, like we haven't been keeping up 
uh, too much with Impact lately. Uh, but you know, one of the things. Uh, one of the things I, I just haven't had an opportunity to watch is I'm looking forward to watching uh, New Japan on uh, Roku, uh, uh, the Roku channel. So, yeah, I'm curious if they're going to come out with a, the uh, the second episode of Icons on uh, on the WWE Network after the Yokozuna one from a couple weeks ago. Probably. Well, I would imagine it'll be either after Elimination Chamber or Fastlane, which is next month, and that's who uh, where Lloyd believes that Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. What will that. happen? I mean, in my view, and it depends on, you know, kind of where they go with this. I mean, to me, the Seth Rollins-WrestleMania match should be against one of the Mysterios if they decide to re reutilize that storyline. Like, one of the things that uh, was brought up recently that we, we have not seen Mr. Murphy on TV for a couple of months. Uh, so, uh, more or less, it so seems like they're trying to at least put away the Aaliyah part of the storyline. Mm -hmm. But, like, they had a storyline going for so long, and, like, you know, Dominic had the SummerSlam match with Rollins. It's like, yeah. with the way they kind of been booking it with, with, you know, Ray helping out his son, but Ray, you know, being able to beat Corbin versus Dominic, who couldn't beat Corbin. You know, the old man has to come in and show the young man the match, because like I said, I think this is more a year or two away. Dominic Mysterio versus Rey Mysterio WrestleMania will probably be Rey's retirement match. And I, I don't see him putting over his son as a, as a problem, because you know how we talk about the wrestlers come in and do the honors for everybody in their last match. And, you know, it was, at, at the time it was, Edge was the only one that didn't put over somebody in his last match, but that was because he was kind of forced into retirement and... I just think Vince loves Edge too much that he he was like, yeah, I'll I'll allow you to win in your last match. But now here we are, uh, ten years later, and Edge is still wrestling and <clears throat> had himself a hell of a match on Raw this week too. So uh, Hector has a great idea: do a mix of uh, Nia Jackson hacksaw Jim Duggan for a T-shirt. Ho! I I think that's good. All right, uh, and Lloyd's mm -hmm. saying uh, tonight, uh, Rich Schwann defends the world title against Tommy Dreamer on Dreamer's 50th birthday. Sweet. Wow, the Swan versus the Walrus. <laughs> <coughs> Tommy Dreamer's starting to get the crazy uncle hair now. Tommy but... Dreamer's had this, the crazy uncle hair since like 2008, Jay. He looks like the crazy uncle who lives in your grandparents' basement and doesn't have a real job because he's waiting for his unemployment checks. To come in because he was let go for wrong reasons. Yeah. Maybe you should put on your glasses I probably instead should. of I'm splitting. I, I was laughing so hard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, that did not help because my glasses are disgusting. Okay, yeah. Let me fix that real quick. Anyway, uh, so, you know, we, we've got that happening. We, we, we had, I mean, Shane McMahon made a return this week, and he, it was to announce... Uh, uh, the Elimination Chamber and what's happening for the Elimination Chamber this week. Uh, uh, we got Sammy Guevara officially out of the inner circle. Wait, does this mean they have an opening and that Chris Jericho is accepting applications? Uh, possibly. I mean, I think you could, you, you should put put in. I mean, I could. I. I, I mean, look. I, I would be the perfect person to replace the uh, the Spanish God. Right. I think that's what he is. Right. He's the Spanish God. 
Yeah, it would be me. Just call me the brainless guy. Yeah. And I would be oh. very holy. Oh. So, uh, all right. So, com- uh, Lloyd is saying, combine Big Show's theme with the music with Nia Jax. Well, well it's the big hole. Oh, please. Everybody keep coming with this stuff. I love it. All right. So, for me, personally, you know what I kept on hearing uh, after the whole my hole thing? I took it in a completely different direction, and I kept on thinking of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. My hole. My hole. My hole. My hole. It's off to work we go. Yeah. So... My hole, my hole, my hole, my hole. It doesn't help the fact that I might be the worst whistler in the planet. The, right. The worst! So, uh, yeah, so that that's what's been going through my brain with this whole thing. I probably should edit together a video, like, with Naya in place of the seven dwarfs. Do you think when she goes golfing she's ever got a hole in one? Perhaps. Maybe they could do their own theme for her for a pay-per-view and just call it Hole in the Wall. (laughs) Hey, that's a good one. Adam Hole, baby! (laughs) Oh, man. I've never... I'll tell you right now, Jay. You 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 know how I am when it comes to certain things that happen in wrestling and... Like, how many times I've watched Braun Strowman, Gronk Spike, frickin' uh, James, James Ellsworth, Ellsworth uh, his, and, and like, f- almost five years ago. Party's <laughs> over, Grandpa. Party's over, Grandpa. And I actually realized, I have now watched the Nia Jax hole, probably more, <laughs> the whole damn show. <laughs> uh, I, I've watched the Nia Jax video for Monday enough times, I, th- I think it's fair to say that it is now officially in my top five most viewed things I've watched in wrestling history. Obviously, number one is when Hogan slammed the Giant. Now, no, nothing will ever surpass that. That's at the million mark right now. Then you got uh, Braun Strowman versus James Ellsworth. That whole thing with the... If that any whole man, thing. That, <laughs> any man with two hands has a fighting chance. Still one of the greatest promos I've ever heard anybody cut. That's number two. Uh, Parties Over Grandpa is definitely the third thing I watched the most. But I, it's sad, though, because the Nia Jax video is fourth. It surpassed Sheamus and Daniel Bryan from WrestleMania oh. 28 as my as my fourth watch video. So it's cracked the top five. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I mean, as a whole, it's a tremendous video. <laughs> oh, oh my! Nia Jax finally did something worthy uh, 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 of like being part of WWE. I told Nicole it's possible that she could sweep my good Brad, bad bad uh, and brainless this week. Although I, might have, I think my talking just secured me brainless this week. <laughs> oh, I, 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 with all the people she's injured, she finally kind of injured herself. I was waiting for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's because she tried to injure the whole roster. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, oh man! Oh. Uh, oh, that's good, Lloyd. Too bad that there aren't fans in attendance so they can say "holy shit." <laughs> it's like that scene in Austin Powers. Oh, holy, 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 holy! holy. <laughs> I love the fact that Nia Jax exploded like 
like uh, Bernie Sanders. Like all the memes that I've seen, this is, I'm going to tell you this right now. I love wrestling fans. And this week is living proof of why I love wrestling and wrestling fans and the wrestling universe. You guys are the shit. I love you guys. I swear. <laughs> I, I've never seen any. Only in wrestling could you get something that happened like what happened to Nia Jax on Monday. And it exploded like what happened with Bernie Sanders at the inauguration. But the only difference is, is that Bernie Sanders at the inauguration was from a, a whole world of people. <laughs> Whereas Nia Jax was just from the whole wrestling community. <laughs> or as uh, Tim has chimed in with, she's got the whole world in her hand. She's got the whole world. Technically, wouldn't that be the whole world in her ass? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jay, I it's a la- hole within the hole. I haven't laughed this hard during a podcast since Dixie Dog Splashed the Cat. <laughs> that was the hardest I've laughed at. I think this might have surpassed it, though. Oh. So, no. like, I think this fits in well with the, like, uh, black hole sun. It fits into the hole. <laughs> stop! You gotta stop! <laughs> For crying out loud, this is the first episode that we've done where slapjack and holes were talked about in the first minute <laughs> of the show. And if you're enjoying the heck out of this podcast like we are... I know I am. <laughs> make sure you give us a like and make sure you set up notifications for when we go live. <laughs> we want to get oh, God. the whole world watching. Yeah. Uh, Jay, you might, might, you might want to make a call to the bullpen get Jeff ready to go because I might not make the whole episode. <laughs> get it? The whole episode? <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, okay. All right. So make sure you follow us uh, on all social media platforms at the F N M A R K S. All social media platforms, and we go live on the All Elite Marks page the on Black Facebook. Hole slam. <laughs> She's gonna take that from Abyss. <laughs> His name's Abyss, which comes from the hole. <laughs> Why, why am I wearing my glasses? I'm so lost. Oh. oh, God. Oh, man. I need a minute. Give me a second. Okay, come back, brainless one. Come back. You're fine. Yeah. Get that slapjack in, baby. Woo! Slapjack in the hole. No, we need the T-bar. Okay, I'm done. Uh. Uh, I hate the fact that the weather has been changing because I'm laughing so hard that it's hurting my lungs. <laughs> Thanks a lot, damn Malloy. <laughs> Even though you had nothing to do with the weather in, in Virginia. I just said, oh my God. Uh, I'm not even drunk. <laughs> Day ain't over yet. Uh, yeah? It sounds like that could be a fun game. Sit there and watch th- that and watch the whole video. You, you know what? I, I've been thinking to myself, we, we, I, I could set this up over here, and Please don't. And, and it could be like the old school primetime wrestling where we've got the video of what happened during the week playing there. I could cut together highlights, and I'd probably just have whole videos. <laughs> Talk about a hole in one. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. We're going to get into very serious (laughs) stuff.
feel like we're Jerry, Remy, and Donor Zillow right now. Oh, <laughs> uh, so good. Oh, my goodness. Oh. <laughs> Jay, I'm not going to lie. I haven't laughed this hard in a long time. I haven't oh. laughed this hard since Slapjack. <laughs> 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 oh. You know what, Chris Brown? I think you are 100% correct. A photo of the incident belongs on the wall. I, I, I think I agree with that. All right. Why don't we just put a hole in the wall? <laughs> I'll just Andy Bernard the wall. Right. Ridiculous. Who has my cell phone? No, my luck. I'll Rock and Robin. Wall. I'll punch the wall, break my, my hand, break my arm. <laughs> like our good friend Jesse. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, excuse me. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. All right, All before right. we get into the, the whole show here. Stop. <laughs> right. uh, I, I do want to announce a couple of things here. Uh, congratulations to Keith Lee and Mia Yim. They got engaged this week. Good for them. Uh, uh, y- y- you know, it- it's tough finding love out there, so good for them. <laughs> yeah. So. So, uh, congratulations to those two, and we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. This is going to be a fun podcast. Oh, technically... It was uh, it was Keith Lee and Reckoning that got engaged this week. <laughs> yeah, <coughs> stable mates with Slapjack. Do you think Slapjack's going to be an usher? If he is an usher or the best man in slap, like dressed as Slapjack, that could and if they make it a wrestling wedding with Ooh. Slapjack uh-huh. and Retribution there, oh. That would be a whole different thing. <laughs> no joke, but I really do think uh, T-Bar, I think, is what uh, Donovan Dijakovic is, right? Uh, yes, he is his, T-Bar. His, his mace is uh, Dio Madden, and obviously yeah. we know who Slapjack is. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if T-Bar or Matt Riddle ended up being the best man. <laughs> I know that Keith Lee is like, like this with Matt Riddle, and I know he's like this with Donovan Dijakovic. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if uh, T-Bar was in the wedding. And maybe he could put in a good word for Slapjack. Just saying. <laughs> maybe that's the honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, on a more serious note, uh, poor Braun Strowman just got back uh, and found, finds out that he has a blood infection. Uh, so uh, that, that is why he is not on our TV. He, he shows up and he's gone again. That's too bad. I like Braun Strowman a lot. Yeah, uh, I mean he he he's worked his tail off to become a good professional wrestler and entertainer overall, uh, and I'm, uh, it's too bad. So, uh, ho- but hopefully uh, he'll he'll be back soon. Hopefully it's not anything overly serious. But anytime you're talking about an inflex- an infection in your bloodstream, that's yeah. that nothing to joke around about. So yes, very much. Yeah. So we uh, well wishes for uh, the monster among men. Yes. Um, so, something I did want to bring up really quickly. 
Um, th- so AEW this week uh, has released a new series of action figures. They're about, I guess, like I, I think from what I gather was about, they're about three inches tall. And this was a very monumental uh, moment for the brainless one. For the first time in nearly 38 years that I've been on this planet, I finally pre-ordered something. Whoa. I have never pre-ordered anything in my entire life before this week. And it was because of the fact that they have the action figures, and they have, I think it's like six or seven different ones and everything. And if you had to guess which one, I bet you I would surprise you when I tell you. If you had to guess which AEW action figure that I pre-ordered, do you think you would get it right? Uh, I mean, my guess would be Orange Cassidy. That's a very good guess, but no, surprisingly it wasn't. And obviously they have John Moxley as well. He was one of it was Moxley, it was Orange Cassidy, it was Chris Jericho, um, Hikura Shida, Britt Baker, Darby Allen, and the one I actually pre-ordered. This is Sting. No. Who? Brody Lee. Oh. I wanted right. to get something Brody Lee. And I thought this was like the perfect thing to do because I saw him. I was like, "Oh, this is great!" And then I realized because I thought they were gonna be like the the ten inch tall plushes. Like I have the Steve Austin one in my house, and I was like, "Oh, I hope it was one of those." And then I found it was a three f- inches, and I'm like, "No, mm-hmm. that's." I mean, for what I paid for, I mean, I, it's I can't put a price on that because I, I really do think that there's not gonna be a lot of them, and I wanted to get a Brody Lee one. Well, so. and you know what, the the money, or at least in part, and the money will go to his family. Yeah. So I, I was I was more than happy because honestly goodness if it was just like seven people normal all that stuff I probably would have like thrown a hissy fit and not bought one but because it was Brody I had to do it so yeah but yeah it was a very momentous occasion because I actually got my I pre-ordered something for the first time ever I've never pre-ordered anything before I think I pre-ordered like a yeah a couple of things over the years I I, I pre-ordered uh, when Pink Floyd's uh, last album came out in 2014 I pre-ordered that. Uh, I pre-ordered uh, Star Wars movies uh, in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have to do it with The Rise of Skywalker because it came out on Disney Plus. Right. Because, you know. You know. Rise of Palpatine. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, anyway, anyway, anyway. <coughs> uh, so, uh, we'll, we'll just briefly go through uh, AEW since you kind of got on AEW. Uh, but AEW is uh, moving forward w- w- with uh, their various things for their uh, Revolution pay-per-view, which mm-hmm. is uh, the first weekend in March, I believe, March 7th is the date. Okay. Uh, so we had uh, Darby Allen going against Joey Janela, and there was a little flack uh, on the internet about how Janela's like one nothing. Why is he getting a title shot? But, you know, the way t- that, that, that they're trying to talk about this is... Allen requested this match. As much as it's like, they're still doing, like, showing the victories, they're sh- still showing the power rankings every week. It's like, I can somewhat be somewhat okay with, all right, he requested this match. All right. But in general, uh, if you're going to say the wins and losses matter, you need to, like, start adhering to that a little bit more closely. Mm-hmm. So uh, I hope they do. See, I don't have a problem with Joey Janela getting an opportunity for the TNT Championship because at the end of the day, it's all about exposure. And it's like, you know, that was one thing that we talked about when AEW first debuted. Like, all right, they're trying to get as many people as they can. Eventually, they'll figure out, like, who are the guys who are going to be on there on a week-to-week basis and who are guys who are going to have to You mean the whole show, right? Right, the whole show. (laughs) 
Yeah? Yeah. But, you know, and, you know, the TNT title is supposed to be the workhorse, and when Cody had it, you know, it was the open challenge every week. It didn't matter if you had wins or losses. It yeah. was... Uh, so so maybe, you know, in part, part, part of the whole thing is that when you're going for the heavyweight title, you should have uh, more victories than just, you know, beating Marco right. Stunt. Right. But, but uh, you know, TNT title, that land of opportunity. Yeah, of course they're on TNT, so I can understand. That's like how the television championship was in WCW back in the day. Yeah. You know, Lloyd, I, I think a ranking system can work, uh, but they need to, you know, in general, like a lot of the TV business is driven by ratings. If you find that a wrestler is ra- rating more highly than others, mm-hmm. th- then you sit there and make sure that that one is prominently featured and wins. That way, your ranking system is following, at least for the time being, what the ratings are, but if you see something in somebody that you you think like they are something, we need to have them step up and, and get some wins. You could go that way too, but in general, I, I I think follow the ratings and put those people in those spots, but don't have them you know like stupidly like lose matches they shouldn't. Right. I mean, <clears throat> the best example I could give. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, it was a couple of years ago when Kofi Kingston had that run to win the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. Like he ran the gauntlet. Of, yeah, he ran the gauntlet. You know, he 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 didn't like nobody really expected him to do. It. I mean, hell, I mean, he was just kind of like a last minute replacement because Mustafa Ali got hurt. And, and he was just, setting up rep- retribution. Right. And, and slapjack. That whole time he was out. <laughs> but I mean, it worked. Uh, that one worked for Kofi Kingston because like he caught fire right before Wrestlemania and he was in like the whole Kofi mania and everything I was again I will never be happier for a human being more than I was for him <clears throat> that night I mean there's probably like a couple of other occasions but like I was so happy that Kofi had that moment it was just fantastic but um yeah I, I don't know how I really feel about the the rating system like I, I, I want to say it worked in WCW in the 90s because you, you thought about it because like how it was in WCW back in the 90s was whoever was the champion, like, i.e. it was Sting. Then the United States champion was number one contender. And, you know, that person would get the, would be the number one guy in the rankings. And then they would rank everybody else underneath it. Sure. And, like, people like Lex Luger, who would be, like, number two. Well, if they beat number one, who was, at the time, we'll just throw it out there, the U.S. champion, Stan Delariat Hansen. Um, you know, if Lex Luger, you know, can win that match. I mean, it works for UFC, too. Sure. Um, and Chris, as much as I hear what you're saying, like, uh, uh, ratings aren't completely pointless, but they're a little, they're not this, the metrics aren't the same as they were back in the day, but they could still tell, uh, from people watching either on DVR or they could tell by, uh, people who, whether they've watched a a rerun, whether it's on like the Fox app or, or the Hulu, Hulu or whatever, they could tell what people are watching and when they're watching. So that's another metric that they could use. Another thing that I, I found really interesting, you know how we, when we talk about ratings, almost everybody's talking about the U.S. ratings and how many people are watching. Do you realize that, like, WWE programming in India, they have almost 70 
million people a week tuning in. You know who is like still a national hero in India? The Great Kali. The Great Kali. Do you know why they didn't embrace Jinder Mahal? Because they could tell that it was just pandering. Mm-hmm. That, and that's why they didn't embrace him, where at least with the great Kali, like, they felt like he brought a great amount of, of like, prestige and honor mm-hmm. to their country. Uh, so, uh, I, if they rebuild the gender that way... As long as they don't hinder the gender. And the Singh brothers and all that stuff, like, 70 million a week, almost... In India. So when people are talking like, oh, WWE's going downhill. 70 million people in one country are watching WWE. So, yeah. And, 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 and I, what I find interesting about that... It's a global that, audience. One, one thing, one caveat for me is that I look at the two. I look at Jinder Mahal and I look at the Great Khali. I thought the Great Khali was one of the, the worst... Wrestlers and the worst. I, I thought I never liked the Great Collie. I thought he was just a waste of a, of a spot in the in the locker room. I just thought he was he was never good in the ring. I was like, this is a guy who killed somebody in a wrestling match before, and he's going to get a title match. And then they got they have somebody like Jinder Mahal that comes in. Jinder Mahal is really he's pretty solid on the microphone. He got that heat, like he got nuclear heat. Oh when yeah. He was you know when he had his run as WWE champion. And, you know, he's, he's actually not terrible in the ring. I actually enjoy watching the gender. And anybody who says that he is the worst WWE champion of all time is full of shit. Um, I still think it's Kevin Nash, but what do I know? Right. I mean, I'd have to really look at the list of people. Nobody was greater than the greatest WWE champion of all time. The Iron Sheik. Right. Hulk Hogan's like third from the bottom. So... Uh, 100% agree, Lloyd. No company does have the global appeal that WWE does, uh, but that's why you have AEW now partnering with New Japan. You've got, uh, you know, them partnering also with Impact Wrestling. It's like, you know, they don't have the company infrastructure to, to go global, so if you partner with another company that's in another part of the world... You could build both your brands. New Japan, who's trying to build their brand in the United States, you know, they had the show on Access for a while where they had J.I. and uh, I think it was Matt Stryker calling the matches, if I'm remembering right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now you've got them now on the, 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 the Roku uh, stream, mm-hmm. and they can now reach up to, I think, 61.5 million people mm-hmm. who have Roku. I have... Uh, a couple of Roku's in the house, so uh, I'll be able to tune in for that. So New Japan trying to build themselves up here, while AEW is trying to build themselves, I'm sure, up in Japan. But by, by having that partnership, in it, it's mutually beneficial, uh, and even for Impact, mm-hmm. you know, Impact has it, people who love them, yeah. and but you know, hopefully, all this together will create one. More diversified wrestling, and people get to see what the heck they want mm-hmm. in this world. But again, the main point starting out with uh, when you look at the U.S. ratings, and yeah, that they're not like they used to be back in you know the Attitude Era. The global reach of WWE is far beyond what it was 20 years ago. So it's uh, when people say WWE is going downhill, that that's bullcrap. 
they made more money than they ever have in this past year. Part of that's because they weren't doing live shows. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, another little tidbit I read this morning was apparently there was a meeting with a bunch of WWE employees. Now, this is not the wrestlers. This is just like the backstage the, the, people, producers, and video and folks like and what have you. They, they were basically told that uh, they're not getting bonuses and they're not getting pay raises, which, I mean, for me, if I found out that my company was just had their most profitable year and I'm not getting a bonus and I'm not getting a raise, what the fuck? But also embedded within that news is both uh, uh, Vince McMahon, uh, I think Triple H and Stephanie, uh, and, and probably the, the Beaver, uh, have all bought more WWE stock. I don't know if that's insider trading, but it sounds like insider trading to me that they know that things are coming up, so they decide to buy more stock. Wait, are we sure that the Bucktooth Beaver bought stock of WWE and it wasn't in like a lumber company? It could have been uh, into a, in a lumber company and WWE on the whole. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that he's got money in a dam too somewhere. Uh, yes, Hoover Dam. Hoover Dam. Uh, yeah, he, he got that from his relatives. That's, he wanted to get some damn bait. He does want to get some damn bait. Oh, shit. Um, uh, one thing I will say, Lloyd, because Lloyd uh, commented about my, my Kevin Nash uh, uh, comment that I made. Um, <clears throat> the thing about Kevin Nash, because like, Kevin Nash a couple years ago went after Kevin Owens saying that Kevin Owens is not a, a, a major draw and not a great WWE champion when he was Universal Champion. And Kevin Owens brought up a good point. When Kevin Nash was World Heavyweight Champion... Did he main event WrestleMania? No. He did not. That's That speaks volumes, because that was the first time since WrestleMania won, but that was more about the spectacle of it, where the WWF Championship at that time was not defended in the main event, but at WrestleMania won, at least the WWF Champion was in the main event. Instead, Kevin Nash fought Shawn Michaels before the main event, and we got to watch uh, the pride of uh, New Jersey, Bam Bam Bigelow, go up against... <clears throat> the goat of goats who have goaded more than goats have ever goaded in the history of the National Football League, Lawrence Taylor, LT, the greatest football player to ever play the game. Yeah. Don't even at me with that freaking Tom Brady bullshit. Tom Brady never did freaking lines of coke and then record three and a half sacks in a game, all right? And slept with a 15-year-old. 16, Jay. And he didn't know that she was 16. God, you guys are just all over LT. It's like he did something wrong or something. He did. Wrong. He made a vent to the only WrestleMania I've ever been to. There you go. Which was the top three worst WrestleMania of all time. Yeah? It could have been so much better if Roddy Piper didn't ruin the If Roddy Piper didn't ruin the Backlund Hitman heart. I, oh, I will mm -hmm. never forgive I mean, as much as I love Roddy Piper, I'll never forgive him for that. Um, I forgive him because of the They Live fight scene with Keith David. I love Keith David, too. He, he did so many voiceovers when they first started WWE Network. On top of that, he's in one of my favorite movies of all time, Men at Work. And then paying strippers and hookers. <laughs> yeah. Yep, and Chris Brown just posted about uh, what you were just talking about with the morale backstage, saying that the morale from even the locker room to the production people... Um, has actually just it's really bad it's, it's, it's at yeah. its worst than it's been oh 
Tim, I, I love the fact that you talk all this shit for a guy who roots for a football team that doesn't have a name. Hey, they made the playoffs. And they have a GOAT from our area on their team who they just, just resigned a, a for a two-year... Good for him. Good for Ta- Tyler Taylor Heineke. Good for him. He, and, he earned that. And Tim, he does have Joe Theismann's leg over his pants all. <laughs> it's next to the empty bag from his first purchase of crack and the, uh, the ID of the 16-year-old girl he had sex with. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Roasted. And just remember, just remember, Timmy. One thing: I will go after my own players and teams for when I throw insults. That's Jay. How many how many times have I talked shit about Mark Bellhorn over the years? Oh yeah, you you, you love Bellhorn. I mean, and, and you know, one thing I, I I always tried to talk with you about was uh, how explosive uh, uh, JPP was uh, on the defense. I miss JPP. I really do. I love JPP. Good, good for good I'm, for I'm, him getting another Super Bowl. As, as mad as I am, and I, and I will say this, and you're gonna be you're gonna be caught off guard with what I'm gonna say, but no, I, my favorite part about them winning the Super Bowl was the fact that JPP got another championship. I love JPP. He was a fantastic player for the Giants, and I'm I'm glad that he's still playing at a level for the fact that he's been in the league as long as he has. Granted, he missed some significant time because he lost a few fingers, but I mean that's. That's that's another thing, but I'm gonna shock you with this next statement that you're not gonna believe when that comes out of my mouth. I no longer hate Tom Brady. Is it because he was drunk and, and almost fell over and needed somebody to hold him up? I love the fact that Tom Brady got absolutely shit housed <laughs> right before the parade, and they had to ha- have somebody carry him off, the, well, not really carry him, but, like, guide him off the boat. I was like... After he threw the pass after with he the Lombardi the trophy. I, Tom Brady, I no longer hate you. You are no longer my least favorite player in the NFL. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like you, but I don't hate you anymore. Uh, Tim, I think you're right. Brady has a, a, a Super Bowl ring for every one of JPP's fingers. No, he needs a half a, he needs a, half a ring next year. <laughs> And, and my favorite was, I think, I, I want to say it was a spoof, but I, I'm really hoping it was it was true. Uh, somebody was like, Tom Brady's going to play until he gets that 11th ring. And he's like, yeah, I can get that 11th ring around my dick. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, where has this Tom Brady been? Damn you, Belichick and Robert Kraft. You ruined what could have been greatness. Anyway, I guess we'll round we'll, we'll, we'll get back to professional wrestling and, and talk about the whole thing. Uh, and we're going to go back all the way to AEW. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Cody and Lee Johnson. Lee Johnson apparently is now a part of the Nightmare family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But Lee Johnson and Cody Rhodes uh, were, were victorious. And this was Lee Johnson's first victory in AEW. I have a question. He's now 1-29. It's like he, he's about as good as the Jets. Is he the Barry Horowitz of AEW? Um, I have one question. Who's Lee Johnson? (laughs) I've never heard. Is this a guy who's like wrestled on AEW Dark? You know that that show on Tuesday where they have like 47 matches? Somehow they have 47 matches in a night and none of them were squash matches. I mean, how how was that? Yeah. Is that where he got his like all of his losses from was on Dark when he was going up against like QT Marshall and freaking... 
Uh, probably Marco Stunt. I bet you Marco Stunt has a victory against this guy. He probably does. Lee Johnson. Okay. Lee Johnson. Good for you, dude. All right. That's so. why you were not nominated for Worst Wrestler of the Year, and it was Peter Avalon. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically enough, Peter Avalon was on the team they went against. <laughs> no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Stop. Cesar <laughs> Bonani and Peter Avalon. Cesar Bonani, the dude who used to wrestle in NXT? I didn't even know he wasn't in NXT anymore. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah. I can't write this shit, man. No. All right, then we had uh, the Bastard Pack going against uh, uh, Dolph Ziggler Jr. Stop. Nick Nemeth does not want to be known as Baby Dolph. Or no, it's Ryan Nemeth. Nick Nemeth is Nick Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Nemeth. Uh, Ryan, oh. Nick, whatever. Puke. Puff. Whatever. whatever. Yeah. All right, so uh, Pack wins. I got a whole win. Indeed. Ugh. Indeed, a whole win. Well, he finally got out of the loser hole. <laughs> yeah, dug himself out of that hole. <laughs> All right, uh, then we had uh, Jericho and MJF going against the Acclaim. Now, the Acclaim, the first time I saw them on TV and they were like in this feud or trying to get into a feud with the Young Bucks was one of the worst segments I have seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. It sucked. It was quite literally one of the worst things I've ever seen. The worst. But, you know. The worst! Uh, But when they came out, the rap that they had this week, I was actually, like, kind of entertained with. uh, But, you know, putting these guys in with high-profile guys like MJF and Chris Jericho... uh, you know, nothing but positives for this, even though MJF and Jericho win this match. You know, those two guys are going for the tag team title soon, so... Uh, but uh, I definitely give props f- for the acclaim not being so shitty now. So good for them. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> you like what Tim said there? All right, what happens when Nia Jax oh, eats Taco Bell? Fire in the hole. <laughs> you know Van Halen had a song called Fire in the Hole. When she when she orders a sub, does she get a half or a hole? <laughs> you know the Beatles have a song called Fixing a Hole. Talks where the rain gets in. <laughs> what is, what, I think it was uh, the Outcast. And the whole world loves it when you don't get down. Bah, bah. Like and that. the song, the Christmas song, Oh Holy Night, is not about that. But Black Hole Sun was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. I wonder what Courtney Love is thinking right now. Her band was named Hole, right? Just in case anybody was wondering, we're going to do this the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do you like Hole Bread? Whole wheat. Whole wheat. <laughs> you know what my favorite part about the donut is? The whole. <laughs> All right, I'm reaching on that one. All right, I'm sorry. I've reached on that one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to calm down a little bit with the whole jokes. They're not funny at a whole. Or as a whole. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Great. Fire down the hole by Bob Seger. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, man. 
All right, so Jericho and MJF uh, do go over, but one of the things that did happen after this uh, is Sammy Guevara uh, a couple months ago when, like, what, what after MJF became part of the inner circle said, all right, one more time, I have an issue with this guy, I'm done. Uh, so Sammy Guevara says not only is he done, but he gets interviewed on his way out and says, uh, yeah, I need some time away. But what that means, it, I, I mean... Does he end up on Impact Wrestling? Like, like as part of this cross-promotional thing? Uh, does he come out and start his own thing? Because, you know, there, there were a lot of high hopes for Samu Guevara, but, like, let's just say that he, he's dropped the ball a few times mm. when he's had high-profile moments, so... Well, he didn't do himself any favors when he was blasting Hardy with those chairs and then... Really and then almost uh, killed him with the... Uh, uh, when he hit his head on the back of the concrete during the their their match around the stadium. Yep, I remember that. So, yeah. All right. So, uh, the female uh, championship eliminator tournament, we had Thunder Rosa going against Layla Hirsch. Uh, and uh, no shock here, uh, Thunder Rosa goes over. Uh, Thunder think- Rosa should get... To the finals of this, it's, and should probably win. It should be Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker, and that's going to be a tremendous final. And whoever wins is going to—I think whoever wins this thing is going to end up winning the title too. I mean, nothing against Hikaru Shida, but has she really done anything like that stood out as champion? I mean, I, she's had good matches, yeah. but at this point in time, uh, one thing Kevin Owens brought up in an interview uh, is like, when your expectation is like. When you've developed the reputation for having good matches, yep. like people just expect it to you, and it's not extraordinary anymore. And, and that's where it comes into building character and what have you. Hikaru Shida, Hikaru Shida has like knocked it out of the park <coughs> as far as like match quality has gone, but it, it just. It, it, you know, I don't know much about her character. The only character that I think is fairly well-developed is Britt Baker as far as the women's division. Now, they've had, like, you know, Thunder Rosa has had her issues with uh, Britt Baker. Uh, and, you know, you've seen some hostility between them, and you've seen a little bit of, of the fire from Thunder Rosa. But in general, that you know, they certainly have dropped the ball with the AEW women's division. Hopefully, oh, this tournament can, is something that they, they can help rebuild it and yeah. get it to where it needs to be. Bring the been, whole division up. And we and we've been we've been chiming, in, you know, we've been chirping about that for quite a few months and everything about the women's division because the men's division, like the singles, like regular division, is fine. Their tag team division is insane. I love AEW's tag team division, and as somebody who's grown up as a, a fan of tag team wrestling, I love. How great their tag team division is. Their their women's division sucks something fierce though. Sure. Probably like a hole. Yeah. But I, I'm excited for this. I really do think that uh, Thunder Rose is going to end up winning this thing. Yeah. She's my favorite woman wrestler in all of wrestling promotions. Okay. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Thunder Rosa. Okay. Uh, so uh, this week uh, we had Matt Hardy also trying to uh, once again get uh, Hangman Page to be part uh, of his team. Now, when he was trying to sell the, the Hardy brand to the pride of our state and Mr. Hangman Page, did he at least try to convince him to join because he can slam a tornado? 
Uh, no, but uh, he, he went the next best uh, thing as far as, uh, again, feeding into uh, Hangman Page's character. He's like, hey, uh, c- come hang out. Uh, 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 I'm going to be at the bar and drinks around the house. Get whatever you want. He gets Hangman Page drunk and gets Hangman Page to sign a contract to be under the Matt Hardy brand. Smart man there, Matt Hardy. That's what happens when you slam tornadoes. You become smart. I don't know. It's not right. Now, it, it, if there was a drink called a tornado, and the both of them were... And he were they were slamming tornadoes? Hey, hey. You know hey. what? Hold on. I'm going to look that up. I'm going to see if there is a drink called a tornado. I know there's the hurricane. What's up with that? Uh, but... Uh, We'll see how all this plays out. It seems like everybody who's joined the Matt Hardy brand, uh, he, he, so far, I mean, he he, he has, uh, why can't I think of their name right now? I think it's a double P. Uh, Ooh, what, what was it again? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Matt Hardy's tag team. Uh, private Party. Private Party. Uh, like, uh, th- they weren't too happy with, with, like, what he's done so far. I don't think Hangman Page is going to be either but anyway i got some good news for you jay what's that cousin bobby i will tell you this much if matt hardy took hangman page or anybody to the bar they could actually slam tornadoes there is a drink out there called the tornado which is one and a half ounces of tequila a half ounce of eggnog and five drops of grenadine oh hey all right so there is my good man, a drink out there called the tornado. So Matt Hardy can slam a tornado. Hell, the brainless one can slam a tornado. Yeah, even though it is tequila. So. But uh, we'll we'll see how all this thing uh, Hangman Page works out. I mean, personally, I, I'd I'd rather see uh, Page with the Dark Order. Uh, but uh, Matt Hardy on Twitter actually said like, "Suck it, uh, Dark Order." I, I, would, I would prefer that they somehow convince uh, Bobby Roode to leave WWE and then sign James Storm and then put the two of them on Hangman Page and they could uh, reincarnate beer money. Beer, beer money. Beer, beer money. <laughs> that I could be part of it. And then it could be beer, beer, beer money. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Beer, beer, brainless money. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, after Darby Allen's match, uh, later on in the show, uh, Tony Schiavone's uh, interviewing Sting in the ring, uh, and basically Team Taz, with a body bag, abducted Darby Allen. I am not a big fan of ad- abduction story angles. I mean, uh, it, it brings it even closer to, you know, being an actual soap opera. Marlena from Days of Our Lives. How many times has that woman been abducted? I think it's been every year since like 1975. That's before I was born. So having these abduction storylines, eh, I don't love them. Mm. Wait, wait. Uh, but uh, whatever with how this plays out. I- I'm just excited that we're going to get the Stinger back in the ring and that uh, it's going to be a tag team match and... You know, I think they're calling it a straight fight. Uh, so there'll be ways that they could keep Sting protected for, from anything that could, you know, harm his body. Uh, Lloyd asked, is Sting ever going to finish an interview? 
Uh, no, uh, he is going to get as far as Elias does into a song. <laughs> I like it. I like that. That's good shit. That's such good That's shit, pal. Yes. I'm so glad we have the same shirt on today. This was totally unplanned, by the way. Every once in a while, we'll actually hit like the the like we'll pull down the lever on the on the on the slot machine, and we'll both hit for jackpot. And today yeah. is a jackpot. Ironically, I think the last time we matched shirts, it was this one. <laughs> when something like this whole week happens, you know that it's such good shit, and you know that you have to feed into that. Feed me more. Yeah. Finish it! Sorry, I was a huge Ryback fan. The Ryback. The Ryback was the GOAT. So. Alright, then we had in the main event of AEW, Kenta and Omega going against uh, Lance Archer and John Moxley. Uh, we ended up having Kenta and Omega going over in this. Uh, n- n- no shock there. No shock there. Uh, but, you know, they made it a false count anywhere match, so these guys were beating the holy hell out of each other, but you knew it, at some point that good brothers were going to get involved. Uh, but, heck of an entertaining match. Uh, the right team went over for this moment in time at, at some point, uh, Moxley and or Archer will will get their they're they're gonna have their comeuppance mm-hmm. uh, on Moxley and, and Kenta, so Omega and Kenta, right? Them, yeah. I uh, mean, I'd rather you say Moxley twice than actually mention that fucking no talent ass clown with the dirt face who is the AEW World Heavyweight Champion, the most overrated wrestler in the history of the industry. I don't care what anybody says. One of these days, I'm gonna come in here with a recording of my personal. Uh, endorsement of the Kenny Omega entrance. I'm going to have my own spin on it. I'm going to come in with the entrance song, and I'm going to play that shit, and I'm going to prove to y'all that he's a fucking fraud. Are God you gonna, damn it. Are you going to do it in two weeks? Live on the podcast. Why, that ass clown has never gotten a fucking man lantern before. I'm just saying. Uh, I mean, okay. we know that like uh, Kenny Omega doesn't like wrestling in the cold. Doesn't like wrestling in the cold. It's cold out there. I'm the world champion. Boo freaking who. Shut up, Kenny Omega. Just go out there and wrestle. Ooh. Might be number two in your programs, but he's number 14 on the PWI top wrestlers of the, of the world. Hey, you you watch yourself. He might be number one this year. No, he won't. There's no... Jay, I'm going to tell you right now. There's no fucking way that Roman Reigns is not going to be number one. Roman Reigns is the biggest wrestler in the world right now, and it's not even close. I am sorry. That man is on a fucking level like I've never seen. And pardon the, my French for the fact that I've been cursing a lot. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. That motherfucker is on some kind of a level I've never seen before. That man is like, we're talking Hogan, Cena, Austin, Rock territory for Roman Reigns right now. He is that good. And speaking of which... Uh, one thing that hap- uh, that was brought up last night was Paul Heyman uh, on SmackDown cut a promo saying that last year's WrestleMania was the worst attended WrestleMania in the history, not because of the pandemic, but because Roman Reigns was not at WrestleMania this year. I think there is a small caveat to that that he's actually right about that that was the 
the lowest rated WrestleMania of all time because Roman Reigns wasn't there. I would say it's about 3% of the reason why it was the lowest rated WrestleMania of all time. I'm going to give 47% of it to the actual COVID, the coronavirus. And, sure. and the main reason, and I can't stress this enough, the main reason that 50% of the people didn't go to WrestleMania last year was because the brainless one wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. I was supposed to go, and I didn't go. Yeah. Kind of sad. Supposed to be my redemption story from fucking 15, 25 years ago. Hey, the the redemption story. There is not an expiration date on the uh, redemption story. So. Yeah. But my my match against King Kong Bundy is. Uh, Yeah, that's out that that that's out of cards. As 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 the late great John Candy once said. I have a better chance of picking up six with my butt cheeks than I do of fighting King Kong Bundy ever. Yeah. Hell, I'd even say that when I was when he was alive. Right. The goat, King Kong Bundy. So. R.I.P. Yeah. All right. So uh, on Raw this week, Shane McMahon made his return. Uh, uh, he and Adam Pearce came out and and. Cleaner. Right. But but uh, talked about how. Elimination Chamber is coming up, mm-hmm. and to to the that they announced the six competitors. There was no qualifying matches, and that that basically the qualifier was you were you had to be a former heavyweight champion. So I mean, it, it's a who's who of people in this match. Like I remember a few years back at, at Money in the Bank, they did the exact same thing where they had like a champion of champions. Money in the Bank ladder match where it was like Randy Orton, The Big Show, John Cena, and I, for the life of me, I can't remember who the fourth person was. I want to say it was either CM Punk or Chris Jericho, but it was four former champions. Or possibly Kane. It might have been Kane. It it was somebody who had a championship that was in the match with them, and there was only four of them. And then the other match was people who had never won the title or had only won it like once because I think like Swagger was in it. Sure. And 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 I like concepts like that. I like them when somebody who hasn't had an opportunity to get it. My big thing this week with the Elimination Chamber was the fact that they didn't announce qualifiers for the Raw one, and then what they did with the SmackDown one it's was... They had qualifying matches. They, had, they only announced two people. They only announced two people, had two qualifying matches, and they weren't even like one-on-one qualifying matches like they used to be for like King of the Ring and Royal Rumble and all that stuff. It was two tag team matches, which I'm like, okay, what, what it is what it is. But like I don't I don't get the whole qualifiers. I, I was pretty pissed off. Like I have no problem with what Raw did. Where it's gonna be Drew McIntyre, he's gonna be going up against It's a shameful thing. Lobster head, a careless man who could wind up dead. Too many limes, too many limes. But also in the match <clears throat> is the phenomenal AJ Styles. And then you're also going to have Jeff Harvey. Jeff Harvey in the match. You're gonna have Mike the Miz. Who won the title like a million years ago? And I think some guy named Randy Orton might be in. You ever heard of him, Randy uh, Orton? Something like that. Uh, it, 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 he might be like what a fourteen-time champion or something like that. So uh, one thing with this though, like Drew McIntyre being uh, the champion of honor and respect, uh, ended up kind of complaining to Shane McMahon after like, going, "Well, I thought I was going to have a one-on-one match against Sheamus," oh. uh, and, and Sheamus also kind of complaining uh, after about that about like going. You guys don't think I'm a draw? Like, me and Drew would draw people. We would draw money because, like, Shane's inference was, like, we need something big for Elimination Chamber, and this is the biggest thing we could do. And Seamus taking umbrage uh, of, like, hey, you don't think I'm a big enough draw for this? Like, so 
interesting little dichotomy, but I, I, I thought it was a little out of character for Drew McIntyre to be complaining. I'm the champion of honor and respect, but when Shane McMahon says you're defending this in the elimination chamber, all right, I guess I'll take care of my, my business with Sheamus afterward, but I, this makes me think Sheamus is either Fastlane and or WrestleMania with Drew McIntyre because their business is not going to be finished. Or they're going to swear everybody and Randy Orton's going to win the Elimination Chamber to become a 15-time champion. And then he'll fight. <clears throat> but but and then I'm, he'll fight Edge for the title at WrestleMania. And Edge on SmackDown did say that he's waiting until after Elimination Chamber before he makes his decision. Kind of like Kevin Owens when he's in catering. He's waiting for everybody else to decide before he's going to go with a chocolate or a vanilla cupcake. Yes. Uh, and thank God uh, Cassius Ono is not there anymore. Uh, no, because then there would, would be none of those. It would look like Kevin Owens when he got the pie thrown in his face at the the, cook, the beach part, the cookout thing, I think they did. Yeah. Uh, but one thing that was mentioned, uh, I do actually like these matches, but I think they're, they're overdone a bit uh, in the last few years. There will be a gauntlet match on Raw. Oh, God. Uh, but the winner of the gauntlet... Is the last entry a- in the Elimination Chamber. So I got a weird, and I'm gonna wait for elimination. Cha- I'm sorry. Wait. I'm not, I'm gonna wait for elimination chamber, but I got a really, really, really crazy, off, uh, over the top, like idea that's gonna happen for the elimination chamber. Is it gonna happen? Probably not. But hey, I'm gonna. I, I like. I like swinging for the fences. I like doing something different. I wanna. I wanna think outside the box. As a whole, I think that this decision is actually gonna be really good. Uh, uh, speaking of which, Orton isn't finished with. The whole Bray Wyatt feud. Uh, but, y- you know, th- there hasn't been a lot of talk of Bray Wyatt. It's been mostly Alexa Bliss bringing this thing around. Are we going to see a new face of The Fiend, a new Bray Wyatt coming out next? Are we going to see this whole character arc finished? Uh, so, I don't know. Uh, but I-, I, lo- I do enjoy that, like, Orton and Edge have had a congruent storyline going with The Fiend and Orton. And, and, and you know, you got Sheamus and McIntyre, and, and that's kind of been sort of going on and off for, I guess, 20 years, if you want to count, like, their friendship, feuding in yeah. Europe, uh, doing some stuff in the United States, and, and finally having this all coincide, but, like, Sheamus getting involved with the Randy Orton feud, and, mm-hmm. like, all of this is kind of... One of the good things that WWE has actually done with intertwining all these different storylines. Taking some real life and and dipping it into the the fantasy world of professional wrestling. I I like it when they do stuff like that. I know that that one of the worst things, and if you ask uh, James E. Cornette... If you ask James E. Cornette, and I know a lot of people still do. I mean, I I respect James E. Cornette for what he has done in the industry and how he is a really smart wrestling mind. But sometimes he really just needs to keep his mouth shut. But I will agree with him on this one. One of the things that really hurt wrestling as a whole is uh, kayfabe dying. The fact that, you know, when, when you thought that, you know, there was times where you thought that Hogan and Roddy Piper hated each other. When the Nation of Domination were at their peak and they had to basically, like, escort them out, like, through secret tunnels to get them out because people were wanting to, like, throw shit at them and all that stuff. And now it's like, here we are, and it's like, Hey, look, Alexa Bliss is feuding with Ember Moon, but here they are at Disney World wearing matching Mickey Mouse ears. And it's like, it's kind of like, I mean, personally, I don't have a problem with it. 
I kind of like seeing that side of it because it, it just shows that wrestlers are like real people. Sure. And like I really like, especially with like some of the shit that has been going on lately with some, of, especially with some of the female wrestlers. I think you know certain fans take it a little too far. So for like me, I kind of like seeing them in like the outside world. I love seeing like like I said, like Braun Strowman's one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram because he's got like a fucking whole table full of food at Waffle House, and I'm like I fucking love that guy and hang out with him. You know, and Seamus is drinking freaking Guinness, and I'm like, I want to drink beer with Guinness. Guinness. Drink wow. beer with Guinness. Drink Guinness with Seamus, and yeah. I would love to hang out with uh, Chris Jericho and drink whiskey and uh, vodka with him. I was very close to doing that. But I, I just, I, I kind of like how they've done this with Seamus and Drew McIntyre, because it gives a different element to this story. Because not a lot of people would know that Sheamus and Drew McIntyre were friends growing up in Europe. And they fought with each other in Europe. And not a lot of people know that Drew McIntyre had Sheamus in his wedding party when he got married. So I, I kind of like this avenue that they're going. It's different. Sure. Yeah. And I, I enjoy it. And with The Fiend, I'm curious to see what direction they go with him now. Because I know that you and I talked about this over a year ago, and I thought that the whole Mr. Rogers storyline was fucking stupid. Because it looked stupid at first, and then he brings this freaking thing, and whatever you want to call this thing. Does this mean, are we going to get a different version of The Fiend? Are we going to get the old Bray Wyatt back? Are we going to get a different kind of Bray Wyatt that we've never seen before? How is this all going to intertwine with Alexa Bliss? Because it kind of looks like Alexa Bliss is still like Firefly Funhouse Bliss. So does that mean that we're going to get that version of Bray Wyatt back? What is your thought on that? It, 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 and maybe this is just, you know, me and my beliefs. One of the things in the Bible and in scriptures, they talk about the refining fire. If they wanted to really take a, a left turn or U-turn with Bray Wyatt here, if he comes back is like a holy man, I was refined by the fire when Randy Orton set me ablaze, I saw the light, and and I know that they've done similar things over the years, whether it was Devon Dudley, uh, one time when Jake the Snake Roberts came back. Uh, obviously, that led to Austin 316. Which has taken off in a way that nobody ever expected. So, uh, it could, with how creative Bray Wyatt is, I think it could be done really well. And, and I think he, he could weave those things into to his character. I, like I don't know. It. I like it, Jay. I do. He's one of those guys, he is one of the few people in the wrestling industry that can turn chicken shit into chicken salad. You never know. You know, and I, I think that I would be intrigued by that. I would, I'd be curious to see how it goes. I got a feeling that he might actually go back to Eater of the World, Bray Wyatt, by that. Because it's just, I don't know, I guess it just makes sense that way. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did like a holy person type of a character for him. I just think he likes being creative and try, trying to do something different. So... You know, and and even if you're talking recent memory, like the Monday Night Messiah, mm-hmm. you know, he would talk religious yeah. imagery, but talking about himself. I love that Seth Rollins. Oh, song. so good. It well, and nice. then even with, with uh, CM Punk yep. and the Straight Edge Society, making sure that, like... Do you accept CM Punk as your Lord and Savior? Yes, I remember the Straight Edge Society. So, I... I 
you know, they've done that and, and to varying degrees of yeah. success. So, yeah. I, well, like I, you said, I think the whole, like when they did it with Devon Dudley, it didn't really, like Brother Devon didn't work very well. It didn't. I mean, the only thing it did it, it really was uh, give Dave, Dave Batista his crack at being on the uh, the whole new, uh, roster, the, yeah. the main roster. So, yeah. And Chris Braun brought up a really good point, and I was kind of hoping we were going to get that this year at the Royal Rumble. Maybe 2022 next year, we get, the, like we just, like in, I think it was 98, where we got the three faces of Foley. Uh, it was 98 or because 99 was his match against The Rock, I think. Yes. I quit. I quit. I quit. So. One yeah. of the best fucking. What I, oh, man. That, that match. match. I will never forget that match as long as I live. I'm sorry. I was I over a friend's it. house watching that thing, and we're all like, whoa. That was the second worst chair shot I've ever seen Mick Foley ever And he take. took 11 of them. Yeah. The worst was when Mikey Rip, whip, uh, Mikey Whipwreck blasted him in the face when uh, he went up against uh, Shane Douglas. And Mick Foley had his arms handcuffed behind his back and he had his head up and, and looked like Whipwreck was going to hit uh, Shane Douglas. And he, like, I... Cracked. I was convinced that Foley was dead after yeah. watching that. Sure. But I would love to see the three faces of, of the Bray Wyatt in the Royal Rumble because it would be awesome. Because yeah. he could do it. Yeah. Hell, I wouldn't be surprised if he came back as, like, the tax man. <laughs> If he came back as the tax man during tax season, did you pay your taxes? That would be out of left field. His dad should be in the Hall of Fame. He should be. I know I mentioned at least once somebody belonging in every episode, but that's okay. Uh, but we did have, uh, you know, it, kind of people gaining momentum for Elimination Chamber. We did have AJ Styles going against Jeff Hardy uh, this week. Uh, and... AJ comes out on top and got uh, Jeff Harvey to uh, tap out to the calf crusher. We got more to die. AJ Styles is one of those guys, even though his older as he gets, he's he's really good at what he does. And I, he's one of those people that even though he is 43 and at the twilight of his career, like Roger Clemens in 1996, um, or was it 97? 96 or 97, whatever. It's Roger Clemens. Uh, 96. 96, yeah. 20Ks um, against... He's one of those guys that could, uh, who could definitely still win the title, at, even at this point in his career. You know, Lloyd, that would definitely be out of left field too, uh, if, if he came back as Husky Harris. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Husky Harris locked in an asylum and revealed that Bray Wyatt was all in his mind. That would be an ultimate mind fuck right there. I love it. I love a mind fuck. So, um, yeah. Speaking of people heading in with uh, momentum and, and matches and all that stuff, uh, bro. Um, Matt Riddle. <laughs> oh man! I, all I gotta say is like Matt Riddle. He was he was pretty high on my list of people in wrestling before, but he fucking skyrocketed pretty high on my list. Matt, Riddle, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> He Matt cracked Riddle. the top five. <laughs> he got pretty high on my list. Oh, man, that was a happy coincidence, too. I wasn't even trying to do it. That's what she said. <laughs> Matt Riddle came out, and he was cutting a promo. That's what she said. And he said... <laughs> I want to say he was with Keith Lee. He was, because they were in a triple threat match to determine the, uh, the number one contender for the U.S. title. And 
he basically told Keith Lee and and the and the thousands in attendance and the millions watching home across the world that he gets Oh fuck, it was toasty. He gets toasty. And if you ever somebody who have ever smoked pot and as somebody who has smoked pot in the past, toasty does not mean drunk. Toasty means that you go home, you you know, pack up your bong or roll a blunt or a joint and you smoke. And then he watched all the Air Buds. <laughs> Air Bud? Air Bud, get it? <laughs> Golden Receiver. I love the fact that Matt Riddle went on national television on the USA Network on Monday and basically admitted that he smoked pot and watched a bunch of movies starring a dog as an athlete. That is just... And it was funny, too, because... I, I thought after the first hour of Raw how how happy I was because we got Matt Riddle admitting to smoking pot and then right after it we got Slapjack. Not knowing that the, the whole, whole show, show was not over yet and I was going to get something very holy at near the end of the show. <laughs> ah, but, uh, hey, but Keith Lee technically defeated Matt Riddle. Uh, but Lashley... Got involved in the match, basically leveled both dudes, uh, but it has now been announced for Elimination Chamber. It's going to be a triple threat match between Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, and Lashley. The thing I do love about this is Lashley does not need the help from the Hurt Business. Usually, like, what, what, when you're a heel faction, you always need the help from, you know, your backup. It's like, oh, no, he's the heavy. He shouldn't get help. He should just beat the hell out of people, and that's what they're doing, and I love what they're doing as far as that goes. See, I don't mind that MVP is still, like, his mouthpiece, because that was the one thing that was missing from Bobby Lashley his entire career was that he wasn't that great of a talker. He was pretty solid in the ring. He's a f I mean, he's, like you said, he's the muscle. He can go out there and beat the shit out of anybody. And I, I'll tell you right now, the last few weeks, Bobby Lashley is on on his highest level he's been on. He, I mean, what he did to Matt Riddle about a week ago was just like, oh my goodness, almost two weeks now, where he just he beat him up and threw him over the barricade. I'm like, I'm, I love like he's a rag doll. I, I'm telling you right now, I love heel Bobby Lashley. This is his best work right now, and he is just a bulldozer just going through everybody. He is he is a very, very bona fide United States champion, and he is bringing some relevance to that championship. I love what the Hurt Business is doing, but hey, you know what? As much as he's doing great things on his own, it doesn't hurt to have them in his corner. Hey, hey. I'm on a roll today, baby. Woo! Yeah, he's got his whole team behind him. I got the whole world. In my <laughs> But we did have the new day going against T-Bar and Slapjack. Uh, returning Kofi Kingston from injury. Uh, uh, new day goes over here and uh, Mustafa Ali uh, has a tism. He's still salty over what happened almost two years ago with Kofi taking his spot. But... Hey, you, you know what? It feeds into this storyline, and good for them for actually using something that was like real life, mm -hmm. uh, and, and talking about, "Hey, you took my spot," and like, yeah. I still would, I would love to see, kind of like the New Day reuniting. I know they're you know Biggie's on one show, and Kofi and Xavier Woods are on the other one, but like for WrestleMania, because it really does look like they're setting up for Mustafa Ali and Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania, which I wouldn't be, 
Uh, I wouldn't be against that because yeah. I think it, they, the two of them would have a great match. But like if they did like a you know a whole retribution thing versus like the new day and I don't know find a fourth person you know they can throw in our um, truth. Oh God, our truth. Because obviously it's not going to be Apollo Cruz after what I witnessed last night. Well, uh, you, you know what? Lashley or, or, or not Lashley? Uh, Big E last night showed some heel tendencies they in both the way he was talking to Cruz, like. I was like going, neither of them are clear-cut like baby faces at this moment. But the way Big E was talking to Apollo Crews, hey, you had your shot. Uh, go back to catering and collect your little check. I mean, that pretty harsh. See, it was kind of hard for uh, Apollo Crews to get into catering because for whatever reason, Cassius Ono never got the memo about being fired. And he's been in catering since, well, since his debut. Since the whole thing with the pandemic started. His whole His whole career. Yeah, he put a hole in the in the, in the catering table. <laughs> the, Indeed, the mauler of meatloaf. All right, so then we had uh, Lacey Evans going against Charlotte. Uh, this is one of those storylines that I would really, really love to see the end of. I'm like, as much as I'm all for uh, Lacey Evans uh, getting higher profile stuff. And her going against Charlotte, who, you know, like her or hate her, is... She is the benchmark of what the women's division in WWE is. Uh, so, uh, but with this match, whoever the winner was uh, would get a title shot against Asuka at Elimination Chamber. Uh, but at, at the end here, uh, Charlotte lost her cool, ends up getting uh, DQ'd, and Lacey Evans will uh, get a title shot. Uh, Good for her. I really so, like Lacey Evans a lot. She's she's my favorite of all the women in WWE. I'm I'm just going out there right now, and I'm going to say it. Lacey Evans is going to win the Women's Championship, so Charlotte will have a match against Lacey Evans at either WrestleMania or Fastlane. Book it. Wrong. 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 Something you talked about a few episodes ago, I say, is going to be what's going to happen. Oscar's uh, going to go over on Lacey Evans at Elimination Chamber, and Becky Lynch is going to insert herself because Becky Lynch knows that that is the one hurdle that she has not hopped over. And I do like your idea of how her and Oscar's traded the briefcase for the Raw Women's Championship. They weren't clear. I, they were not. They were not clear at all. And I think that was on purpose. I I I love that theory, Jay. I really do. But the problem with the, the one caveat and the one problem with that theory is. You came up with it and not WWE, which means you came up with a good idea and they didn't. Sid, Sid, Sid. But, uh, but we'll much, see where all this goes. But I would, as much as I would love to see Lacey Evans win, I would see it happening. All right. Well, we'll get into that officially uh, with Elimination Chamber prediction show uh, coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we had a uh, Jeff. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, Damian Priest. Uh, Going against Angel Garza here. Uh, not much Angel Garza lately, at least on uh, Raw or SmackDown. Uh, but uh, Damian Priest here uh, gets a victory. Uh, but Angel Garza was kind of sort of aligned with Miz and Morrison here. Uh, uh, one thing that was very disappointing about this is we got another Bad Bunny sighting. By the way, allegedly the, the, the sale of the Bad Bunny t-shirts... Is actually through the roof on WWE shop. You know what that means? He's gonna become WWE champion. We're gonna get more Bad Bunny, more than we want. Any Bad Bunny's more than what we want. 
Exactly. I had no idea who this guy was until he did this Booker T song. And I'll tell you right now, I listened to that performance at the Royal Rumble. I never heard the words Booker or T come out of his mouth. So. Sorry. So that was that. Very awkward watching Booker T stand there with his arms crossed while his dude's yeah, rapping. For, for, for like three minutes and then finally he like made a couple of moves, but uh, should have done a spin-a-rooney and... Yeah, and I really hope it's not Bad Bunny and Booker T. No disrespect to Booker T. Booker T is one of my all-time favorites. Hey, Booker T talked about how he enjoyed it and how he he liked the fact that Bad Bunny, a guy from you know more of the current generation, enjoyed Booker T growing up and decided to do a song that was a tribute to him. No, I have no problem so. with that. I have no problem with that. I just don't want Booker T in a match. If they're gonna, if they want to do it right you can't have a guy in his 50s team up with a guy who's never wrestled in a wrestling match no before. what they need is they need stevie ray to come back bro and, and have the harlem heat going against one of the current tag teams or or yeah or, but, or go to AEW. but if they're have gonna have fun. bad bunny in a match and it, it looks like they're gonna have them go up against the miz and morrison well and it's Ford. gonna be damian priest and yeah, bad bunny i want to rule out booker t i'm just saying I I would not be surprised if it was Booker T and Ben. Okay. Anyway, uh, we had Naomi uh, defeating Shayna Shayna Baszler. A uh, little bit uh, shocking, uh, but you know, obviously uh, they're they're trying to kind of maneuver uh, Lana and Naomi into a women's tag title match. So that's that. Uh, uh, then we had a. Uh, Randy Orton going against Drew McIntyre in the main event of this show. You forgot a match, I think. Yeah, I know. I'm going to get to that at the end. Oh, okay. All right. I see what you did there. Okay. Randy Orton and, and Drew McIntyre, I mean, they, the two of them always put together a great match, and no surprise here, they had another great match. And I have a feeling that when we finally get to Elimination Chamber, as much as I think that Randy Orton is like a, a legitimate contender to this, I think we finally get the Bray Wyatt return. Because uh, I'm just getting tired of fucking saying it. Um, so, uh, at the end of this match, though, uh, Orton technically wins this match. Uh, Sheamus lined up for a brogue kick and wanted to kick Drew McIntyre's face off, uh, but McIntyre gets out of the way. Orton eats the brogue kick, and so... Uh, and, 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 the, and the potential tism from Cousin Jay did not happen because the champion did not lose clean in a non-title in a title match. match. And I was happy because we got a brogue kick. <laughs> and then uh, to go off the air, we we had a Claymore kick on Sheamus. So. But the most important thing on Monday Night Raw happened before the main event. Absolutely. We had Lana uh, going against Nia Jax in a tables match. Made complete sense. Now it would have made more sense if it was three months ago as opposed to having it be used as a way to get Charlotte back to get her a shot at the tag team titles. I don't know. But Lana and Nia Jax in a match, and it was everything and more than we could have hoped so, for this so, angle. You know, the payoff to this angle, like, I don't think we could have expected a better payoff. No. And, and, and I think that a lot of people, like, I bet you WWE was thinking that the way that the match ended where, you know, Lana pushed Nia through a freaking leaning up table to win the match would have been enough of a payoff. No, no. It's what happened about 37 seconds before that when Nia Jax had Lana's head outside the ropes on the apron and, and Nia Jax was standing on the outside and she went and she went to hit the leg drop and Lana 
moved out of the way, and Nia Jax in her whole glory landed butt first on the freaking apron, and she reacted like I do when I'm about to shit my pants after eating Taco Bell two hours ago. I, I have to just say this. I think a couple of times in his career when The Undertaker has done that exact maneuver, I have not seen him uh, scream about his hole. And he digs holes for a living. I don't... <laughs> like... Dead man. My hole. When you wake up in the morning and, and, like, on Twitter and you see, like, Nia Jax trending with my hole. I mean, you're immediately, what did I miss? Holy crap. Quite literally. We missed, literally. A, whole, we missed a whole bunch. Uh, but th- oh, man. I, I thank God for the internet so we, we can go back and watch these things, the whole thing, over and over again. It's a whole lot of stuff. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, <sighs> this could not have happened a couple of months ago. So I, I, as much as... I, I was upset with the booking of bringing Charlotte back. The payoff finally paid the, off. Yeah. And it was an accident. Yeah. It was an accident. They didn't want they weren't expecting this to blow up like this. And that's why they did another spot on SmackDown. They didn't overdo it. Uh you know, this was like as golden as when uh, uh Titus O'Neil tripped during the the greatest Royal Rumble Rumble ever, and Corey Graves could not get himself together. Like I said, it was like when Dixie hit the dog splash on Bugsby. Yeah. And how none of us could keep our composure for like the first 45 minutes of the podcast, and I couldn't the entire episode of the podcast. Yeah. So. I think it's, Jay, is it safe to say that Nia Jax is the the front runner and the early favorite to win Marco oh, Moment of the Year. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, as much as I was excited to see Christian back in the WWE ring, and I think it's going to be very exciting to finally have fans back in attendance for WWE shows starting with WrestleMania. Uh, yes. I'm holding out hope because of what I witnessed last night and what I've witnessed so far in the past that I'm holding out hope that my Marco Moment of the Year can actually still happen. Yes. I'll get into But that we have a whole time. year ahead of us. All right, oh, on man. to SmackDown. All right, SmackDown this week. Uh, they, what they did, uh, Adam Pearce came out and, and mentioned that uh, Roman Reigns was going to be defending his title uh, in the Elimination Chamber, and Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman come out and more or less say, uh, no, we're not. Uh, so Adam Pearce actually relents, and, and Roman Reigns will defend his title at Elimination Chamber, but this is only after... The actual Elimination Chamber. So somebody will win the Elimination Chamber match, and then we'll have to face Roman Reigns. And my guess, this is just how Roman Reigns is, how they booked Roman Reigns, is that match will be immediately after that Elimination Chamber match. It's going to be like when, remember when Edge cashed in the Money in the Bank? And uh, John John Cena. Cena, And they were literally lifting up the freaking chamber so that Edge can get in the ring and have a regular match. That's exactly what they're going to do. Against our so, truths childhood hero, John, John Cena. Cena. is my friend. I I have, I'll tell you right now, with what I, what I witnessed, like who's in this chamber, I can see almost any of them winning. 
I really can. Um, the one thing I wanted to bring up about this that really like kind of irked me a little bit was like I, I liked what what they did on Raw. It made a lot of sense. You have five former champions going up against the form, the, the current WWE champion in an elimination chamber. I like that idea. The fact that two people got automatic bids into the elimination chamber, and then we had not one but two tag team matches where the winners of the tag team match were going to be put into the elimination chamber. Elimination chamber is a singles competition. Why are you putting tag teams? I agreed. Or and, having tag team matches. And you know, I have I have no problem with Jay Uso being the automatic qualifier. How many times is Kevin Owens gonna fucking lose a match before he, he, he doesn't get another opportunity? The fact is is he wasn't even in the gauntlet match that was supposed to determine who the number one contender was. It should have been Nakamura. But they put Adam Pierce in there, and then Adam Pierce is like, oh, I'm injured, so card's subject to change, and then puts Kevin Owens in. I think if they put Nakamura in, they would have had something much better. So not only did Nakamura not get the title shot at the Royal Rumble and then went to Kevin Owens, but he's not even in, he's even in one of the qualifying matches for the Elimination Chamber. Instead, he answers Big E's Intercontinental Open Challenge? Really? Weird. And, 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 and One and, of the few SmackDowns where, like, it left a bad taste in my mouth. I really and 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 not only was Nakamura not in there, the fact that Dominic Mysterio had a chance to be in the Elimination Chamber and get his first title shot less than a year since his debut in WWE, almost almost six months, not even. You know, one thing I'll I'll say about that is there have been other people who who have gone off up the food chain quickly and done well for themselves. Kurt Angle. Yeah. Uh, Brock Lesnar, there are some cases for that to happen. Uh, but, you know, uh, Dominic, I, they put him in high-profile stuff, and, but they have not given him victories a lot. No. Uh, but, yeah, him ha- even having the opportunity to be in this match, uh, it, it, I, I don't like it. I, I, I agree 100%. That, that was the one thing that really bothered me. I mean, the fact that him and, and his dad were in a tag team, it's like, yeah, Ray, Ray is Ray. Ray is, Ray is a GOAT. And Ray has established himself, and Ray deserves opportunities like this because of the fact that he's Ray Mysterio and paved the way for a lot of the smaller guys to get these opportunities. So I had no and problem with And luchador yeah, wrestlers yeah. in general. Well, he's the greatest luchador of all time. He is. Well, second, Mil Mascaris. Sorry. Uh, if you're talking worldwide appeal, it's Ray Mysterio, hands down. But if you're talking, like, Mexico, Mil Mascaris. Juventud Guerrero. Right. The Ultimo Dragon. I love the Ultimo Dragon. I did too. A lot of people love the Ultimo Dragon. So, um, uh, what was the Justin Thunder Liger? The Jushin Thunder Liger. Yeah, him. He, he was another good one. Psychosis. Yeah. The greatest luchador of them all, D. Malenko. <laughs> well, the thing is, uh, a couple of the guys we're talking about are actually from the Far East, but like they kind of were more a luchador type style. Yeah. So. I loved Ultimo Dragon though. One yeah, Ultimo Dr- Dragon. Like uh, the, the cruiserweight division in WCW is freaking awesome it was my favorite so, part about wrestling because so. even with all those guys in jericho and malenko but anyway um uh, but king corbin and Sami Zayn. i went with the, I, the crew i absolutely love Sami Zayn right now he is another one that has really like shot up my freaking power rankings too i love what they're doing with him i love the camera crews following him around everywhere i love the fact that he's coming out and cutting promos and he, he even cut one on Baron Corbin. He goes, usually, you know, I couldn't trust a guy like Baron Corbin, but I'd rather deal with him going up against the Mysterios and all this stuff. And again, last night, we got a match where Sami Zayn hit a 
freaking blue thunder, thunder bomb, bomb on somebody and then they get a pinfall. It's going to happen at some point. He needs to win one match hitting the, the blue thunder bomb. Just once. I will stop complaining about wrestling forever. I'm going to show you the match where it happened. It did happen. It, it was either like uh, either a Survivor Series match or like a gauntlet match. Where he won a match with the Blue Thunder Bomb. I want a pro- high-profile match where he hits a Blue Thunder Bomb for a victory. I don't want him beating like Barry Horowitz. With now, now, now one thing that I'll, I'll say for that is they talk about on commentary, not all the time, but like, oh, he's won so many matches with the Blue Thunder Bomb. Really? And it's like... I got the network. I can uh, look up every Sami Zayn match ever and, and see how many Well, in WWE, you can. Yeah. So. I'm sure he's won a shit ton of like, Ring of Honor. Sure. I'm sorry. So anyway, that, that's not Sami Zayn. That's El Generico. <laughs> anyway, uh, Corbin and Zayn beat the Mysterios here and are in the Elimination Chamber match. No surprise. So. I'm very happy to. All right. Then we had uh, Big E going against Nakamura uh, for the Intercontinental title. Before this all happened, though, uh, Big E came out uh, and, and was cutting a promo, but then uh, Apollo Cruz pops out and says, oh, you're about to do an open challenge, and I'm going to accept the open challenge, and Big E more or less says, no, you've had your turn. You, you had your chance. Uh, you didn't win. No, you had yours. <laughs> so, basically, uh, he, he said that and then, you know, made the crack about, like, oh, I'll go, go back, back to catering, catering <laughs> and take your little paycheck. Very heel-esque. Oh, I uh, so, it. like, you know, if this is going to be the start of him turning heel and part of a heel character, good. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I heard that too, Chris. So, yeah. Uh, I, I I embrace heel Biggie because this is one of the things that I talked about uh, several months ago. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would like to see Biggie come out there and, and, like, make a clean break from the New Day. They didn't go that route, but at this point, it's like, going, all right, if you start seeing the boat kind of veering off. Uh, so... I'm completely on board if they go full tilt with Big E being a heel. Uh, but he and Cruz kind of go and heel a little bit on each other. But uh, then Nakamura coming out yeah. to answer the challenge. Uh, and Big E winning, uh, but via DQ. One of, one of the things about that from last night I wanted to ask you, because you are in the media. How did you feel? Because like when, when they were going back and forth, him and Apollo Cruz. And they were yelling at each other, and they didn't have the microphones. And you can, they had them just far enough yeah. you could hear what they were saying, but yet not like they were like like spewing into the microphone and everything. I kind of like how they did it that way. I was curious what your thoughts were on that. No, I, in general, it makes it feel at least, in real. my view, a little more real. What when it's like when you're holding a microphone, it, 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 it not going to say feel. F- Forced, but feels more uh, like I'm watching TV. I got you. And, and like, so I, I enjoy when they do little touches like that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think everybody uh, appreciates little things like that, but I appreciate I the fact that they have a bunch of cameras around the ring that will pick up sound, but it's just not as crystal clear. And right. it seems like these people have real issues with each other and don't need to sit there and talk into a microphone to do that and don't need to play to a camera. Right. They, they, so I like it. Good. I, I was curious how you felt about that. So. Cause there are a lot of times where I wonder, I'm like, I wonder how Jay feels about that being yeah. in the media. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, I, I, I like things that feel a little bit more organic. 
So You mean not like when the camera pans out to the guy in the fifth row shoving a hot dog in his mouth as somebody immaculate is coming out to the ring? Yeah. That whole thing drives me crazy. See what I did there. <laughs> uh all right, so then we had uh, Bailey going against Liv Morgan. Uh, the biggest thing, honestly, for this match was the update on Billy Kay's resume in the middle of the match, uh, updating her resume to Ruby Riot and apologizing to Ruby Riot for uh, costing her a match. One takeaway I had from this, Liv Morgan, each and every week, looks so much better in the ring. Like, she's getting much better. When she first came up from NXT, she wasn't that that good. I mean, she had... I want to say she was on that card that we were at at NXT when they were at the uh, Ted Constant Center. She has gotten a hundred times better in the ring. She doesn't look embarrassing, I guess is the best way to put it. She actually looks kind of serviceable. And I love the fact that Bailey wanted this match, and she got to fight both members of the, of the Riot Squad. And I love the fact that she targeted their shoulders in back-to-back weeks. Sure. And Bailey, being the dirt face that she is, and the greatest member of the Manning family, uh, other than Eli, and Archie, and 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 Peyton, and their mom, Cooper, and Cooper, and all of Eli's kids, and all Peyton's kids. I, anyway, but uh, Bailey, as much as I can't stand Bailey, she is doing her best work right now as well. Um, it's such good shit. Yeah, and I. I I'm curious to see what they're going to do going forward. Like, if they're actually going to do something with Billy Kay and Bailey because of the fact that Bailey got the hockey assist the last two weeks, helping Bailey get victories over both members of the Riot Squad. Could happen. Yep. All right. All right, then we had Street Profits going against uh, Chad Gable and Otis Dosovic. Uh, no shock here. The Street Profits go over. Uh, at this point, it's kind of like I think they're trying to search for what Gable and Otis are. Uh, but having them go against the Street Profits, if with how they've mismanaged Otis over the last year plus, uh, I, I think if they turn him heel and we see a different side of him to be- build the character in a different direction, because like obviously they thought that they reached the peak with him, is you know being the the ginormous doofus, lovable doofus. Uh, so, uh, let's see where they go with this, but I think right now they're really just kind of treading water to figure out what it is they do. It breaks my heart, Jay. It really does. It breaks my heart the way that they've booked our dude. Yeah. It's a shame. Uh, Chris Brown saying that, uh, Otis is SmackDown's R-Truth. I would like to say that Otis is SmackDown's R-Truth. Nobody is nobody's R-Truth. I'm sorry. Go. I'm glad that he actually mentioned it real quick. I was on the network the other day, and I saw that R-Truth has his own game show. And when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this is going to be the worst thing ever. I watched the first episode from it. And then you realized. I was dying. I was laughing so hard. It is so good. R-Truth is, is so grossly underrated for what he is. Should he may be the best all-around entertainer in WWE. Entertainer. Yeah. I, I, I really do feel like they dropped the ball all those years ago when they should have put the title on him as, when he was feuding with Cena. Because that would have been... What was it? Uh, capital Punishment? punishment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I will never forget the day he came out in, in Richmond, Virginia, right up the road two hours away, dressed up like a Confederate soldier and, drink, and singing the Saints Go Marching In with his little Jimmy thing. I, I, I love R-Truth. I appreciate everything that R-Truth has done. He is the, the, the epitome of what you said. He, he puts the E... In WWE. WWE. But so does Elias. <laughs> he does. 
But I, uh, yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll see where they they go as characters going forward. Uh, Street Profits winning here. This I'm glad they actually had a tag team match where it wasn't like tag team champions going against the Street Profits to lose a non-title match, but we got that later without the Street Profits. Right. Uh, but, uh... Do, 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 do. We did have the return of the former Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins. I enjoyed this segment. You know, they brought all the wrestlers out around the ring... Uh, for the return of Seth Rollins, and you know, at the beginning of the promo, you're kind of like, "All right, is he a face now?" Because the birth of his daughter has made him change his yeah. ways. Uh, and, and then, you know, by like halfway through it, you're like, "Oh, oh nope, it's still Seth Rollins." I, I had a feeling because I remember a few years ago, I think it was after Elimination Chamber, where Alexa Bliss was champion, and she was cutting that promo where she seemed like she was. Hitting you right in the feels and like how wonderful it was, and then she went total bitch on everybody at the end, and I was like, "Oh shit, I didn't see that happening." I kind of expected that with with Seth Rollins. I, I did enjoy the fact that he said that his daughter changed his life. This it is yeah. having a child is life changing, and I mentioned this last night to Nicole when we were watching. I said Seth Rollins might be the first person I've seen who has gone away for a while and actually looks more tired than when he left. And she goes, well, he had a kid. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, but it's just funny to me. That's all. Well, uh, but when he was trying to incorporate that into his promo and when he he spoke of, like, now that I'm a father and I understand this, now I could be a mentor and I could be a father to all of you. And, like, slowly but surely, the different superstars start exiting. The only one that remained until was, the end was Cesaro. Was Cesaro. And he told him he wasn't going to change. And, and, but then also kind of talking about how uh, he was the reason that Cesaro has been pushing and getting pulled up the card. And without Seth Rollins, Cesaro would be nothing. Uh, no, it wasn't the fact that he picked up the freaking big show like a sack of potatoes in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal that got him over. No, that wasn't it. Or the fact that he got over the freaking giant swing. No, that's not it. Or the fact that he's just a hell of a fucking wrestler. And the fact that he was part of the greatest tag team in the last three years. Because they didn't set the bar, they are the bar. Still, to this day. And It's a shameful thing. I'll tell you, I, I would love to see... Seth Rollins and and Cesaro go at it. I, I think that's going to be a great match between the two of them. Um, and in my view, this is, Cesaro will finally get like a a signature victory, and I think Rollins wants him to get that victory because you know what Cesaro has been in WWE for quite some time now, and I think has built up enough rapport and enough goodwill with the audience where the audience wants to see him succeed and maybe this is finally the opportunity where i I hope it strikes but they have to allow cesaro's character to be showcased more i believe i think you're right on that i would love to see cesaro i mean at the end of the day it's either between him or nakamura and like uh, chris brown said earlier um, it looks like Nakamura is there just to kind of help put over younger talent, which sucks because Nakamura should have. He's got won the old Dolph Ziggler job. Yeah, and like if it had to be between him and, and Cesaro, like I, ugh, that would just that, that upsets me if that was the the thing. Well, you know what the thing is, uh, Nakamura has had 
high-profile moments at WrestleMania. He won the Royal Rumble. Like, Nakamura, in his much shorter time in WWE, has gotten more. Yeah. Uh, higher up the card than, than Cesaro. And more or less, it seems like the knock on Cesaro is he, he is too, I guess, forthright with his opinions about when he thinks he's being booked shittily. All I can tell you is, like, Vince McMahon should look at the fact that this dude basically broke the roof of his mouth in a match and continued and finished the damn match. If you want to talk about somebody who is a consummate professional who goes out there and does his damn job to the best of his abilities, like, holy shit. Like, he broke his mouth. He could not eat. Like, he said his favorite fruit's an apple. He couldn't eat an apple for over two years because of that thing. And he finished the match. And, like, he didn't have that much time off yeah. for, from that injury. And the fact that uh, the gold, Vince's golden boy, John Cena, loves training with Cesaro should be another, like, you know, feather sure. in his cap that would help put him over. Because if the golden boy, you know, signs off on it, it should be... Uh, a, a good sign for Vince McMahon to maybe consider that, but well, you know, it, it worked for Sheamus because he liked to work out with Triple H back in the day. Yep. Uh, m- maybe eventually for Cesaro, and again, maybe this is his time. I mean, he, he's what forty now or forty one, so you, you know, yeah, he could still wrestle for some time now. But like, as far as like making him an ev- main event attraction, you know, time's starting to. The window's starting to close a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but you could always give him a Kofi Kingston run like they just did a couple years ago. So, no, but, like, I'm talking, like, a legit main event level attraction on a consistent basis, like yeah. AJ Styles is. Yeah. Even when AJ isn't, like, in the main event picture, he shortly is has, back there. He has a he has a high-profile match, whether so, he's fighting for the title or not. You're right. So I, I think you could get Cesaro there at this point. That would be my hope. And the fact that the dude knows seven languages, and you know what, uh, part of the thing with a lot of the, the, the folks from foreign countries is that they will have an accent, and sometimes, you, you know, even with Nakamura, sometimes I have a hard time understanding him. To connect with the audience, they need to be able to understand you. Uh, Unless but, you ask <laughs> They just connect with the energy, and I, that's all I've always connected with. You can t- tell what she's saying by uh, mannerisms and, and what have you, but she's the exception. Yeah. You got Cesaro, who speaks very good English. I could tell exactly what the dude's saying. He's smart. He's great in the ring. He just needs more character to be shown, showcased. Uh, and, and I hope he gets his opportunity. It's better than when he was dressing up like Jason Statham every week. So, anyway, moving on. Uh, that that more or less w- was smacked on, but I did like the stuff with Reigns where he, he, yeah. he, he basically vowed to hold the title as long as he feels like and says the Edge is scared to go against him. I'm going to laugh when he doesn't even fight Edge at WrestleMania. I do like the fact that they're, they're keeping everybody in suspense, but like I could see Edge fighting whoever's the Raw champion. Sure. Even though he should be fighting for the title on SmackDown, because Ed, Edge was, the, was one dude. of the benchmarks of so. uh, SmackDown. All right. All right, so moving on to NXT. So NXT has their uh, takeover uh, tomorrow night. Yeah! Uh, so the, uh, this show was actually building up for that. Yeah, they had the... Uh, the, the they had the 
uh, semifinals for the uh, Dusty Rhodes Classic. For both the men's and the women's. So, uh, we had MSK going against Legato del Fantasma. Fantastic match. Absolutely. Fantastic match. Fast-paced, near falls, lots of, like, highly innovative offense. I love that these teams actually work as teams, uh, and in the end, MSK goes over. Uh, uh, no shock there. Like, but they had a great match, uh, and, and yeah, kudos to all four guys. Uh, I, I'm in, I've been enjoying the Rascals in NXT. I don't like their names. What is it like? Uh, something Lee? It's not Slapjack. Well, that's not, there's nothing worse than Slapjack, Jay. Or best. Um, but I, I, I do enjoy them in the ring. I, I'm a fan of MSK. They've really transitioned well from coming from Impact and going straight to NXT. I, I think that they, they have a chance to be a very, very talented tag team. They're going to win the tag team title. Before the end of 2021, MSK is going to be the tag team champions of NXT. All right. That's my bold prediction for the year for them. Okay. Even if it costs our boy Bip Busick the title. All right. So uh, we had Zia Lee continuing with her squash matches. I, dude, like, that guy that they have in, in the throne looks so creepy. That's a dude? I think it is. I it was a woman. We'll, we'll, we'll check it after. Uh, e- either way, super creepy with, with the face paint and the hair mm. and just not saying anything, having the, the sharp nails and, like, you you could tell Zia Lee and, and I forget uh, the guy that's mm-hmm. part of that. Too, but... Uh, but, like... They are under his command. And, and like, w- w- when the guy was, like, not following through with what the dude in the throne, or the girl, or androgynous that thing. in the throne wasn't following w- w- what that person was saying, just grabbed him by the neck and, like, I- and then you see Zia Lee just like, because uh, they had a... Uh, Casey Cannizzaro and Caden Carter come out. And they're and like, like, this, this isn't you, Zia Lee. I keep it here. And then she goes and attacks Caden. And then she goes after uh, Casey Cannizzaro. My question for you is, do you think what happened to them was kind of like a slight punishment for the fact that Casey had that uh, that party where she was super spreader without the masks on? I think it was for her birthday. And, you know... Vince probably got mad, or do you think that their punishment was when they got knocked out? No, well, and I don't think Vince would get mad. That would be Triple H, because I I think Vince, I'm not going to say completely hands-off, but it's mostly hands-off and let Triple H do his thing. Triple H. Uh, But I I, I think with something like this, I mean, they did, you know, have things together before this, so it, it... it, it, it just showcases the new character of Zia Lee of yeah. being completely separated from her old life and her old character. I'm digging her with the longer hair, too, by the way. It's, yes. a, it's a better look for her. Uh, but then, you know, even her and that person, like, they just speak Chinese to each other. Yeah. And it's like, the whole look, the whole presentation is very creepy. I'm looking forward to kind of seeing where this goes. It's me, Austin. I am the creepy figure in the chair. So. (laughs) (coughs) 
then we get to one of my favorite things that happened this week. Johnny Gargano in a wheelchair. Oh my god, I mean that... From Johnny Gargano having to be lifted by Austin Theory over the ropes into the ring. I don't know if you've ever seen it. There, there, there was a movie with Christopher Walken back in the day called Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead. Christopher Walken was, was like a mob boss, but he, he was uh, quadriplegic. But he would call over his men so they could cross his legs for him so he could look, you know, like Medicine, the intimidating... Yeah you know, mob boss. Yeah. But, like, that's what this reminded me of. Like, where Johnny Gargano having Austin Theory pick him up, put him over, uh, uh, like, this whole thing. Obviously, everybody in the world knew that Johnny Gargano was not hurt. But just how, like, outlandish they made this, made this beautiful. My favorite part about it was they showed the clip of, like, Kushida attacking him last week, and they saw him kick him in the arm, and I'm like... If he broke his arm from that kick, then I have no idea what to tell you. I'm like, that would probably be the dumbest luck thing. And I love it. It would be like he... Samuel L. Jackson in Unbreakable. Yeah. And just like when he when he got in there and he was like having the confrontation and his arm was fine and I'm like, There you go, Johnny. I almost sold it good enough. I mean it was almost as good of a sell job as Shawn Michaels at the SummerSlam two thousand five. Please be serious. That deserved an Oscar. <laughs> and an Emmy. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but Johnny Johnny Gargano coming out in a wheelchair and oh, like was, was Wade brilliant. Barrett on commentary during this whole thing was just, you, you know what? Wade Barrett this whole week on commentary was awesome. Where like you know he was being the heel like going, oh, oh I predicted this from the start and and like, no, he didn't predict these things from the start, but he. Changes his predictions to be correct. What a what a great addition he's been to the NXT broadcast team. I don't know where the hell Nigel McGuinness went, but it's it's it's, it's sad to see. I like Nigel. I I think uh, honestly, I think he NXT. might be in the UK still, yeah, and they might be using him uh, once. Well, they don't really. You know, what? I I I think I think he's been on NXT UK. I think honestly. he is NXT UK. So. And if they ever do an NXT Japan, they're going to have uh, Funaki be part of the yeah. broadcast oh, team. Uh, the course Funaki. Of course he's going to be part of it. I'm sorry. That's still one of my favorite things about the big pay-per-views when they go through the entire, when, when, when you know, before COVID. Yeah. And they were going through the whole lineup of all the announced teams. I used to I used to love looking for Funaki every single. Every Funaki single. and Ray Rougeau. Yep. Not Jacques. The, the, the greatest Rougeau of them all. Right. Who am I? I'm the Mountie. I love it. He he should be in the Hall of Fame. I love that guy. I I really wish I appreciated him more when I was younger. Uh, <laughs> uh although uh, I've heard in numerous places he is not well liked in the wrestling industry. So well, he's an ass. So I still remember that freaking because that was the first pay per view I ever got was SummerSlam '91. What went against went against Big Boss Man in the, in the jailhouse match. That's still, like, to this day, I will never forget that. Just the way he acts. You can't do that to me! I still die watching. I love watching that SummerSlam over and over again because he yeah. was the, the highlight of that. Not the freaking, not like when Bobby Heenan was like, we're going to get the match made in hell. Oh, the wedding's next? <laughs> I uh, go. All right, so then we had uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon going against Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. 
Uh, this was a semifinal match for the women's Dusty Classic. And the winner of that was going to end up going up against the team of uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez in the finals uh, this Sunday. Uh, and William Regan, Regal uh, said before the match, oh, by the way, whoever wins in the finals will have a future opportunity at the women's tag team championship. I like the fact that they're doing that. As well as they should. If they're making a big deal out of the Dusty Classic, you should get a title shot. It's just a, it's just a shame they got to go up against Shayna Baszler in the hole. Right. Uh, uh, heck of an entertaining match. I, I love the end of this because like the whole thing that they've been having with Candice and Indy Hartwell has been like, you know, Indy is kind of like the servant or, 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 or like the protection for Candice. Mm-hmm. And when Candice was about to... to take uh, Shotzi Blackheart's ending move, I forget what it's called, but like, you end up having Indy Hartwell, like, laying over Candice to cushion the blow, Uh, but you know, it ended up still Shotzi Blackheart pinning Candice LeRae, uh, and uh, we got Ember Moon, and uh, Shotzi versus Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. I I am thrilled with this final because I love the fact that they're getting Shotzi Blackheart in an opportunity because I think she's rather entertaining, if anything, and she's very good in the ring. She's unique, if nothing yeah, else. She's got a very unique look to her, and my father was flabbergasted when he found out that she was Filipina because he never would have expected somebody like that to be a Filipina, but nevertheless. Sure. And I like the fact that Ember Moon is still getting utilized down at NXT after she was kind of overlooked a little bit on the main roster. And Raquel Had Gonzalez, the, the near career-ending injury, yeah, with the with the Achilles, yeah. And honest to goodness, I love the fact that Raquel Gonzalez is getting this opportunity. I love Dakota Kai; she's another one that I I really enjoy watching perform, and she's gotten better as she's gotten you know longer into the WWE or NXT, I should say. And ever since she's turned heel, she's been like lights out. Sure, and I enjoy that. I really do hope that they're the ones that ends up winning. On Sunday, because I think it would be, a, I, I think it would be a good move. Sure, because I want them both to have that opportunity, and it could, it's definitely going to help the stock of Raquel Gonzalez that they really plan on putting her in the main event picture of the women's division. All right, so let's uh, plow through these last couple before we get to our predictions. Uh, Grizzled Young Vets go against Champa and Thatcher uh, again, a Dusty Classic semifinal match. Uh, and we had Grizzled Young Vets go over, and this is a uh, second year in a row where they're in the finals of the Dusty Classic. I, I like this choice because, uh, again, it's a team that's been a team for a while, whereas Thatcher and Champa, you know, are a makeshift team that happened, you know, very similar to what Sheamus and Cesaro were before they became the bar. If they end up becoming, you know, that level of a, a, a champion, like, later on, yeah, great, but l- let the established team that's been a team for a while win. And I like the Grizzled Young Vets. And in the words of the legendary Jim Ross, it was a slobber knocker. Yeah. Good stuff. Such good shit, pal. Uh, so they had a hype package for Finn Balor and Pete Dunne. Very well. Very well done. (laughs) I see what you did there. Uh, But I I liked it. One of my criticisms of takeovers before uh, or like the the go-home show for takeover is like they didn't hype the matches they had coming up, mm-hmm. uh, but they've been doing much better at that lately. I enjoyed this hype package. It shouldn't always have to be 
live in, in the ring interaction because I don't think that that's where Finn Balor does his best work. The fact that they did a hype package that, at least for the time being, you know, shields from Finn Balor's kind of deficiency as a promo. Yeah. He's okay as a promo, but it, it's not his strong point. So I, I enjoyed that. Uh, so then we had uh, Kushida going against Austin, Austin Theory here. Uh, and this, again, was kind of part of the storyline uh, of Kushida and Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano faking the injury, uh, but you had uh, Kushida going over here via DQ because at the end of the match, shockingly, Johnny Gargano was actually not injured. I'm shocked. One thing about that promo that I really enjoyed was when he took the kick from Kushida and he fell backwards into the chair and then the wheelchair fell over. Fell over. I love that. That was my favorite part of that whole thing. Nothing against anything else. That was excellent. I I think I know what your second favorite part was. Near the end of this match, goes underneath the ring, and then all of a sudden Johnny Gargano pulls out Dexter Loomis. <laughs> And, and then at the end, Dexter Loomis doing his creepy best while Kushida is also there. But, like, the crowd was cheering for Dexter Loomis, or at least the, the, the NXT wrestlers that were around the ring yeah. as yeah, Loomis does his Loomis thing. I love Dexter Loomis. I really do. That guy's. I, I, I knew this first time I saw him in, a, in an NXT ring that this guy was going to be a stud. Sure. He's got a very unique look to him and all that stuff. And I, if the character panned out the way it has, he's been lights out. All right, so last thing on NXT, and this was not the main event in any way, shape, or form, but this was perhaps sure my favorite thing that happened on wrestling this week. Between this and the whole other thing, like... I see what you did there. Cameron Grimes made his return... In a Lamborghini. In a Lamborghini and cut together one of the most entertaining promos I have seen... Like, as far as being fun and over-the-top, I freaking loved, like, every second of this. Not only was it entertaining, the fact that, and this really is an art form that you really, that really gets overlooked a lot. They brought in real-life shit that has happened. And because, you know, he, he cut the With promo the game saying, stop. he's like, I got into video games. And he kind of sounds like Brian Reese a little bit when he cuts his promos. I'm sorry. I mean, uh, only, yeah, only... paradise is that. <laughs> Brian. I, I like Brian Reese. Yes. The, way, the wavy people will get what we're saying. But, like, he, he cut the promo talking about video games and all this stuff. And then he's like, I walked into a GameStop for the first time. And he's like, and I saw the lights. And I was like, this is what I need to invest in. So I bought some stock. And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, they're actually going this route. And I liked it. And then he was talking about the dog coin. And I'm like, I like this, too. I'm like, this is different. This is this is good. This is such good, good shit, pal. I, I loved it. I Cameron Grimes, I, I am a big fan of his, and I look forward to seeing like where he goes in the future. And I, I that's I really, I'm sorry, that's, I enjoyed the heck out of this. I'm glad that he too. got some time, and uh, let, let's see what he 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 does with this. I love the fact that he came out and he's got the nice suit on and everything, but he doesn't have anything under the short <laughs> coat. I'm like, you hillbilly fuck. 
<laughs> Hillbilly million dollar man. He, he, he looked like he was going to a Mississippi wedding. <laughs> That's so good. So good. All I, right. I love it. Uh, so, so uh, Vengeance Day card. We have five matches, two Dusty Class finals, and then three championship matches. What? So we have Johnny Gargano going against Kushida. Johnny Gargano, uh, Kushida wins the match, but it's because, uh, um, what the hell's his name? The guy, uh, Austin uh, Theory. Austin, thank you. Austin Theory is going to basically get involved. And Kushida's going to win the match, but Gargano's still going to walk out as North American champion. Uh, I'm going to go with Gargano wins the match. Uh, and it's going to be nefarious tactics. Okay. Because that, that's how he rolls. So neither one of us sees the other one, any of the two. It's not clean. clean. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was going to be the case. Uh, all right. Then we have MSK going against Grizzled Young Vet. For the Dusty Classic Finals and a future NXT title shot. I'm going to go with the Grizzled Young Vets. Because it looks like they, they want to do it with MSK. I don't think MSK is at that point where they're ready. Plus, it wouldn't be a good look for WWE or for anybody in, in NXT if the, the new team that just walked in the door like, what, a month ago maybe comes in and gets a title shot. Even though they did earn it, I still think it's going to be the Grizzled Young Vets because they've, they've proven that they belong. Plus, they were in the finals last year. Are they going to be the Buffalo Bills? Are they going to be in the Dusty Classic next year and lose in the finals? Yes. I'm going with MSK in this match. Uh, and and again, this is just my thoughts on this. Currently, the tag team champions are heels. In general, booking-wise, you get heels in faces. Yep. So I'm going to go with the faces winning because we need the faces to go against the heels. Just my opinion. Okay. All right. So, uh, Dusty Classic Finals for the women's. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez yep. going against Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. Dakota and Raquel. Okay. I don't have to go into any more detail. I think I said it when I was talking about the matches earlier. I That's what I'm going with. So, as much as uh, I explain why I believe that uh, MSK is going to win the, the men's, like... I have a tendency to agree with you here just because I think Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez are hotter and a better thing right now than Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. As much as I enjoy both those ladies. And it's not a slight on the two of them either. No, I think honestly both of them are probably better off on their own. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's, it's nice because they wanted to do the first ever women's Dusty, so I get why they put them together. But, like, I agree with you. They definitely work better separately. And, uh, you know, there's already that chemistry between Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. Sure. And, like you said, they are a lot hotter. All right. So then we have a triple threat match for the the women's NXT championship. Io Shirai, uh, Tony Storm, and Mercedes Martinez. Uh you know, part of the hype for this, Tony Storm talked about, hey, when we were doing the Mae Young Classic three years ago, who beat who? I beat Io Shirai. And she can't beat me. And that's why she has avoided me. Uh, I, I enjoy, you know, them bringing the old stuff back mm -hmm. to the present so they could tell this story. Tony Storm also beat the uh, the woman that just... the, the the Japanese woman who just signed with NXT UK 
the the legendary I forget what her name is, but she beat her in the finals when Tony won the the, the second May Young Classic. Sure. Um, but for this match, I think I'm gonna channel my inner Big C. I'm going with a wild card. I'm going with Tony Storm. She is a former NXT UK champion. She is a former May Young Classic winner. I I could see her. This could be her chance and her opportunity. There's a reason why she got knocked out early in the Dusty Rhodes Classic, so they, they figured that they were going to put her in this. So I'm going to go with Tony Storm on this one. As much as the logic in me wants to put Io Shirai because they, they've been doing it properly. I, I think this is the moment to strike with Mercedes Martinez, honestly. Okay. So I'm going to go with Mercedes Martinez. She had that high-profile... Uh, victory in the last woman standing match against uh, Rhea Ripley, and, and I just think now is the time to put the title on her and have her be a dominant, you know, monster female champion. So I'm going Mercedes Martinez. I keep forgetting if it's her or if it's Santana Garrett that's from uh, Waterbury. I don't remember, but don't I'm going with Mercedes Martinez. Well, I mean, look at it this way. If she does win the title from Io Shirai tomorrow, she'll be the most successful former member of Retribution. <laughs> yeah. Good for her getting out of that. Yeah, tell me about it. That's not a promotion to the main roster. That's a demotion. No, that's a promotion back to NXT. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we have Pete Dunne going against Finn Balor. Fans. Uh, for the NXT title. The fans. Uh, the fans are definitely going to win with this match. Uh, they've done so many good th- like honestly I could see either man winning this match they, 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 they've they done great things w- with Finn as champion I know Triple H has been extremely complimentary of Finn Balor mm-hmm. in his run since he's come back even when they brought Edge back yep. uh, or brought Edge into NXT talking about how nobody's on your level right now you are like, just to cut above everybody else. I think Finn Balor's the greatest NXT champion of all time. Hot take. It's either him or... Adam Cole, baby! The neck and neck. So, I'm going with Pete Dunne. I, I think this is, this is your opportunity. They really want to start building up the brand with him... And uh, with uh, one and two in in, in, uh, uh, Danny Danny Birch, I think that him winning the NXT championship is the right direction to go. And they've already said that they wanted to bring back the leader of their Pat McAfee during the springtime. Why not have McAfee come back when they all have gold? Uh, I 100 percent agree with what you're saying. Uh, Pete Dunne should win this match and they should bring Pat McAfee back. Uh, One thing uh, that Triple H did say on the call that he did in the interview he did to hype TakeOver this week is uh, they talked about, hey, where is Pat McAfee? And more or less talking about how Pat McAfee, fairly newly married, and between the Super Bowl and all the other stuff going on in his life, he's like, dude, I I need a moment to, like, breathe. If I want to stay married long, I need to take some time. Uh, So, I... When I hear something like that, I feel better about the fact that they told McAfee to take some time off, yeah. uh, as opposed to the explanation we got before where it sounded like they wanted to make him a special attraction. As much as 
like, hey, make him a special attraction, but it's like going, but why did you build everything around him if you just want him to be a special attraction? But I always come back to uh, keep your priorities straight, and to me, family is above everything else, and if part of this is to put his marriage on a solid foundation, right call, do it up every time. He is what they wanted Gronk to be. And it's amazing how the most polarizing figure in the NFL couldn't do what a punter can do. But it doesn't, it, either way, I, I really do hope like maybe McAfee comes out and celebrates and then goes away again. That would be a nice little touch, just have him like make a one-off appearance until he's ready to come back. But I want Pete Dunn to win. Nothing against Finn Balor. Like you said, I wouldn't be mad if either one of them won the match, but personally I'd like to see Pete Dunn. Sure. Especially so he could celebrate with his dad after he wins. Yes. Lord the Lord. Regal. Yeah. Lord Stephen Regal. All right. So that is our, our predictions for uh, Vengeance tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Uh, and Chris Brown saying he thinks that Balor belongs back on the main roster. How much longer can he realistically stay in NXT? As long as they keep competing with uh, AEW on Wednesdays, Finn Balor is going to be down in NXT. And Balor prefers being in NXT. He, he, he spoke this week about how uh, part of his style being up at the main roster, he was doing things to please other people when the style that he's currently wrestling is more in tune with how he likes yeah. to wrestle. I think that I would I would not be surprised if guys like Ricochet and Aleister Black ended up back in uh, NXT either. Sure. Because they, sure. they, they, they had a much more better run down there, specifically Ricochet. Sure. And I think he would be a, a, a gold standard for the gold and black brand. Yeah. All right. All right, Cousin Bobby, brainless one. Uh, let's go with our good, bad, and brainless for this week. I'm always brainless. Yeah? Yeah! So what was your good for this week, Cousin Jay? As much as I want to go with that whole thing that happened Monday, I am going with Cameron Grimes. <coughs> going with Cameron Grimes uh, Wednesday on NXT, making his return it was everything that I love about professional wrestling. In that, like, five minutes. It, it, it was great. Loved it. I had, this is the first, this is the first time it's ever happened, by the way. Or maybe not the, yeah, it's the first time we've had it since we started doing the good, the bad, and the brainless. I have now changed my good for this week. Because typically my good for the week is something that happens in the wrestling. And it was supposed to be Nia Jax in my hole because... You know, not my hole, but her hole. And, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, lordy, lordy. I, I got I to gotta get off of this holy talk. <laughs> um, but my good for this week goes to the podcast. Yeah. Do you know why I give it to the podcast? Because this was the most fun I've had doing this podcast. And, and nothing against any previous episode. This was the most fun. This was the hardest I've laughed. And this has been the most entertaining you know, couple hours of my life. That I've had in a long time. And you know what? I want to give love to our podcast here. And this was very enjoyable. I laughed my ass off. You laughed your ass off. They were all cracking jokes and laughing their asses off. I loved the shit out of this podcast this week. So that's why the podcast gets the good for me this week. All right. All right. Bad for this week. I'm going with the continuing saga of Lacey Evans and Charlotte Flair. Uh... If the end goal ends up getting Lacey higher profile, okay, but it's like, I, I just don't like it. I, I don't like a creepy old man, Ric Flair, who's already been married four times, 
uh, or, or five times or ten times at this point. Uh, Sixteen times. It, it's just super creeper, and I, I, I don't, I, I don't like it. So, uh, end the storyline, please. <laughs> Nicole said the good should have been the R Truth Game Show. If you haven't checked it out, please, everybody, check out the R Truth Game. Please check out the R Truth Game Show. All right. <clears throat> uh, my bad for this week goes to the stalker of all these women uh, wrestlers in WWE and NXT who have been having issues with this one person that's been going around to all their different houses and businesses. Uh, it, this person has been going, has been at Alexa Bliss's house. He's been at Sonya Deville's house. He went to Kayla Braxton's uh, salon that she works at. And I just, I, I, you know, there, there's, there's a certain thing you can and can't do. This is a can't do if you're a wrestling fan. I'm sorry. Right. As much as earlier this week, or earlier in the podcast, when you were talking about like going, this is why I love wrestling fans. Uh, This thing right here is, this is why I hate wrestling fans. I mean, there's a couple times where wrestling fans have been the brainless on our podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, And it's like, uh, yeah. They have lives just like the rest of us. Yeah, Uh, leave the entertainers alone. Yeah, so I I had to put it as my bad. As much as I wanted to give it to Nia Jax again this week. Yeah. So, Cousin Jay, what's your brain list for this week? I had a couple of things that, like, were grinding my gears. As much as uh, I have retired the champions getting beaten in non-title matches, I'm not going there because, again, I've retired that. As much as we didn't even bring it up because we didn't need to bring it up. Everybody knows my position on that. Uh, Even so. Uh, I'm going to go with the fact that we got Bad Bunny on our TV again this week. Uh, Now, supposedly, Bad Bunny's selling a whole bunch of t-shirts, but that means we're going to get more Bad Bunny, and that's why I'm like... It's pretty bad. (sighs) So, we're going to get Bad Bunny as much as we get effing people pointing at the damn WrestleMania sign between now and, like, WrestleMania. I knew I should have gotten a freaking owl. One thing I am looking forward to is I saw during the Super Bowl, there was a ginormous ship at, uh, uh, at the stadium where WrestleMania is going to be this year. I'm looking forward to seeing somebody jump off that. I.e. Shane McMahon. Possibly. I also enjoyed the fact that we saw two, not one, but two WWE superstars in commercials. On Super Bowl Sunday. The GOAT John Cena and the GOAT Bautista. Yeah. Um, which is a shame that, that, that you said that you were going to retire that as your brainless. Because guess what? I'm not retiring it as my brainless. My brainless goes to the fact that the tag team champions had to fight a qualifying match against two guys who should have been in qualifying matches. Forget about the fact that it should have been you know, one-on-one matches for an elimination chamber and the fact that they did two qualifying matches as tag teams. You could do one, all right? You get away with it. But the fact is, is that you had Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler, the tag team champions, go up against Daniel Bryan and Cesaro, who are not a tag team, who I, I'm almost convinced, unless it was like a Survivor Series match or something like that, that, that was the first time the two of them actually were together as a team. And the fact that they went over, you know me, where I say, you know, oh, goats 
trump everything, doesn't matter if you're a champion or not. No, this is totally uncalled for, totally unnecessary. You could have had Nakamura be in the qualifying match. You could have had Big E be in the qualifying match. You could have had anybody else be in that qualifying match in the tag team champions. But the fact is, is that you went and you put your tag team champions in there. Everybody knew that Ziggler and Rue were not going to be in this match because it would have been five feet, five fucking heels and Kevin Owens in the Elimination Chamber against a heel champion, which you which you are one hundred percent right on. It's it uh, every once in a while it's okay to have heel versus heel or face versus face. It works. Hogan and Warrior comes to yeah. mind, but heel versus face makes all the sense in the world, especially when the title is on the line. So I don't get why they had to do it that way. And now I'm starting to I'm starting to grasp it more. And I'm starting to lean more on the side of Cousin Jay when it comes to these things. So maybe I'm... Yeah! <laughs> I hate you so much right now. <laughs> yeah! Yeah! <laughs> one more time. Yeah! That's the, that's the best one. That's the best one yet. Oh, it's so good. It's so good once you hit your lips. <laughs> but um, I, I would say that I'm maybe 1% less brainless today. Because of the fact that I've started to see the light of Cousin Jay. And maybe one day I will not be known as the brainless one on the podcast. Maybe I'll be the brained one. Wait, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. Right. Well, I just lost that 1%. <laughs> so. <clears throat> we hope you enjoyed the whole show, everybody. Oh, so whether you are a first-time watcher or somebody who's tuned in on more than one occasion, like Chris Brown and uh, Lloyd, Lloyd Strickland, uh, make sure you like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to us on YouTube at the, the letter T, the letter H, the letter E, the letter F, the letter N, M-A-R-K-S, the F and Marks. If you like, follow, and subscribe to us, we will do the same back. That has always been our... <laughs> it has been our what? motto the whole time. Like X-Pac <laughs> I can't believe it took to the end of the episode For somebody to make an X-Pac reference With the hall uh, And make sure you follow us On the All Elite Marks page Because when we go live We go live on the All Elite Marks page At facebook.com Slash All Elite Marks Yeah Yeah So I think that's it for today's episode I, yeah, I, 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 I think you're right. I think I think my lungs need a break. Or wait, wait, hold on. Wait. Hold on. Time out. Back up a second. There is one more thing. What's that? That's because since, one since day one. Is H. He has been on every episode of the podcast. Something that you and I can't even say. Yeah. And that is because today, which happens to be... February 13th of 2021, an astonishing 2,211 days, Effort Marks Hall of Famer, kind of like is still alive in the 2015 Royal Rumble. I, I was waiting to you to Jay, Jay, you understand that each and every week I try my damnedest to make sure I don't accidentally clock you in the skull of my or, or, or clock your own well, hand I don't care and break about your this. hand. I don't care about that. I just don't want to hit you. I'll hit the one. i do it again. <laughs> so for episode 209 of the Up and Marks podcast. I'm Jay. And I am, was, and always will be the brainless one. Make sure you make up with your guac out. See you, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good week. Check and out that R-Truth game show. And NXT Vengeance. Enjoy.
and we will have our review next week and we'll see you then.